Hey, this is David Hayter. You may know me as the screenwriter of films like X-Men, X-Men 2, and Watchmen, but you probably know me best as the voice of Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. And you're listening to Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. Kept you waiting, huh? The Casanova Podcast, the number one podcast in Hawaii, is brought to you by these contributors on Patreon. If you'd like to see more content like this more often, as well as more podcasts, reviews, impressions, early access releases, live streams, and original content, then consider becoming a patron today. Right, and welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikhail Casanova. I'm coming at you with another phenomenal interview. And in today's episode, I've got the honor and privilege of interviewing the man that is the head of Sydney, Australia's premier gaming outlet, the one, the only, Id McAwesome. Now, Fid is not only the head of GoToGame, but he's also a content creator. He's the founder, co-host, website, and online distribution manager of the podcast known as Hashtag Radio. This man has such a phenomenal history in the gaming industry, and it's such an honor and privilege to have him on the show today. And we're going to be talking about a lot of things from content creators, working with the industry, inside of the games industry, press, and so much more. So if you're ready to do it, I'm ready to do it. Let's go ahead and welcome Fid onto the show. All right, and welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, the Casanova Podcast. I'm your host, Mikel Casanova. I've got the honor of having the one, the only, the head of GoTo Game, Fid McAwesome. He has returned. It's been a oh, while, man. <laughs> I tell you what, I tell you what, Kia ora, um, mahalo, awesome to be back on the show. Um, <laughs> But I will say this: I, I just had a look at your back catalogue in the last few months, bro. Like, I'm and I'm thinking he wants me back after just announcing that he's got like a Hollywood superstar coming on his show. <laughs> man, I you know what's so funny is like, dude, like it's been crazy. I don't know what's been going on the last couple of months, but like, it seems like everyone, I, it's like everyone I've hit up, like now they're like, hey. Did you still want to do that? Like I saw your email. Did you still want me want to have me on your show? And I'm like, you know, yeah. you know what it was, bro. You did that show with me, and everyone's like, hey, Fed's on there. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> oh man, How, what's, how's what's, the, it, what, what's it been? It, it's been like six months since we last talked. It feels it was, like it, yeah. Because like, yeah. When, I think it was yeah, it was about six it was months before ago. Packs. Yeah, and then uh, I think I had uploaded on it was the first episode for this year. Uh, yeah. for the podcast and then because back then like i feel like i was staggered like podcast after yeah. podcast after podcast and it's like like okay i'm getting to it and, and i i had to, yeah, yeah. to alternate between like the job i was working at the time and this but like now it's like hey you're available let's do this show <laughs> let's get yeah, it man. 
Yeah, mate, some things have happened since the last time we spoke, though, eh? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. The, the world has changed. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So, so much so that you, your hair's fallen out, my beard's disappeared. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, like, uh, but but yeah, man, go ahead and tell people about you. Uh, I left links for everything for GoTo Game and for yourself in the description of the uh, of this uh, live stream podcast. But go ahead and tell them, man. Tell them why yes. they need to be following. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm head of GoTo Game. Uh, GoTo Game is two things at the same time. We uh, on one side of it, we're a public facing uh, company, which we do reviews, um, news, all the sort of things on our website, plus our social media on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Facebook and everything. Uh, so yeah, that's goto.game on the web. And our bread and butter, though, is we work with all the big um, uh, gaming companies to get them connected with influencers. We come up with amazing campaigns to promote um, gaming and non-gaming uh, companies to the uh, gaming audience. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, shit, what have I done since the last time we spoke? I've done some amazing campaigns with Warner Music. Uh, we yes, actually... Sir. We did the uh, world premiere, oh, not world premiere, the Australian premiere of Skrillex's new uh, single mm -hmm. on Twitch. You know, live on Twitch, we had this big build-up campaign. It was amazing being able to do that. Um, so, you know, that's a good example of the non-gaming stuff we do. But uh, in the last few months, since the last time we spoke, actually, we've signed a deal with EA where we're, the, um, we're doing all the influencer marketing and campaigns for FIFA 20, for... Um, uh apex legends plants versus zombies nice. the sims you know all, all, it's, it's been an amazing last few months actually um uh, one of our competitors disappeared so we've uh, been sort of helping their clients uh, get back into um the groove it's, it's just been an amazing last few months to be honest um and of course we had christmas and whatnot since then as well so yeah <laughs> <laughs> man hey, that, it, yeah okay, so that's ahead. us yeah, no, that's us. That's what we do. Be nice. Best in the business in the Australasian region uh, at doing uh, influencer marketing and um, digital campaigns and to get to the gaming audience. Yeah. And, you know, as one of the things like, you know, I've been learning this more and more, especially since I've gone into this full time. I can't I think I went full time uh, doing content creation, podcasting not long after we last mm. talked. And it's like the more that I've been full time and I've been interacting with either brands or businesses or other content creators and just people who don't understand like what it is that you and I do, it, it's really phenomenal to think about. Well, not only phenomenal, phenomenal, but also fascinating to realize how people don't understand how like much work goes into what we do like it's oh, a lot of work <laughs> and i mean you have a look at from i mean just what you guys do as content creators like previously in, in a past life i was a content creator i was a podcaster we did streaming and stuff like that as well and so just from your side it's big it's busy you know you've got a schedule you've got to plan things out you've got contracts sitting in place if you're doing yep. uh, brand deals uh you've Come Christmas time, it's actually the hardest time of year because you know you've got games stacked up that you've got to try and play by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. it sounds like a first world problem, but it's actually really hard when you've got like a stack of twenty games you've got to get through in yeah. like a month, and you've got to give a valid opinion on it. You know, you can't just play it for twenty minutes and go, "Oh, it's a great game, I loved it." Yeah. Um. So from your side of it, you know, 
and all other content creators, whether it's Twitch or YouTube, it's you know, it's very busy. But then have a look at our side of it. Uh, just EA alone, we've got five campaigns on the go right now, working mm-hmm. with uh, some of the biggest content creators in the world on it. So we're working with guys from the Misfits. We're working with guys from Click. Uh, we're working with uh, independent content creators as well. You know, and they're and we're not just working with gaming content creators on some of these campaigns we're working with some instagram and youtube stars and comedians i've got currently tyson pedro uh the ufc fighter doing a campaign for us you know so it's it's we're we're sort of trying to keep all the plates spinning at the same time uh Mm -hmm. with you guys you know checking in hey have you notice you haven't got that content out yet why what, what's running why are you running late on that usually it's a valid reason but you know you just got to check in make sure things are being delivered because mm-hmm. i have to make sure that the content creators uh you know they've got no problems as well as well as trying to keep the client happy at the same time you know yeah 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 and, and that's the thing like a lot of people just don't understand like that aspect like i, I had one oh. person recently dude they just literally told me they're like, "Oh, so all you do is just uh, sit on your ass and play video games all day." And I'm like, ah, "Right, ah, right." I think I think it, I'm not sure if I talked about it in the last podcast, but um, there was a newspaper here. I think it was the Sydney Morning Herald. It's one of the biggest Australian newspapers. They mm-hmm. released an article uh, which basically said, uh, "If you want to make up to $120,000 a year, you can do it from home playing video games. And it was literally the dumbest article I've ever read. It was basically <laughs> said, all you need is a computer or a PlayStation and an internet connection and you can become a celebrity. Right? It was almost, it was pretty much that dumb. And I actually released an article on our website, GoToGame, mm-hmm. uh, goto.game, uh, about basically saying, hey, addressing this article, it's not that easy. You've got to be a social media manager, a campaign manager, uh, your your own producer, your your own time manager, you're the talent, you're you know, you're everything all at once, but you're that one person, you know, especially if you're someone who's a sort of a low to mid tier uh, streamer that's still trying to make it to that top tier, you know, you can't afford to hire a manager to look after your social media and your contracts yeah. and stuff like that at that stage. So it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard it's, work. It's like, like I know for myself, like I'm, I'm juggling between, you know, trying to schedule. Like I'm sending out all these emails, or I'm trying to like book certain time frames, you know, for certain people, certain guests. Like me and you, for audience who who may not know, like we were supposed to have done this. I feel like two weeks ago, but my it was, schedule, yeah, it was two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. It was like my schedule kept getting like every time. It's like boom, something happened. Boom, something happened. Boom, exactly something right. happened. And it's like, you know, people don't understand there's a scheduling aspect of it. Then you have to deal with, like, like you said, like the stack of games. Like I got, I I currently have like seven games I need to review that have to stream and I have to be active on social media. And like, I, and when I try to explain it to some people, they're like, oh, that seems easy. It seems easy. It seems very easy. And look, I'm going to be honest. Like I can sort of understand on the face of it why people think it's easy because all they do is they turn on Twitch, they turn on YouTube, and you're having fun. And look, is it a fun industry to be in? Yes, it is. It is a very fun industry to be in. Like we, I would say almost all of us love what we do, right? Mm -hmm. We love video games. We love the community around video games. We love being able to be creative and having an outlet doing this but it's 
not you know you guys the you know, viewers just get to see the easy side of it yeah the fun side you get to see that fun outlet but yeah. um yeah it, it's not always that easy no no uh spirit shot in the chat he asked a question uh what do you guys look for when working with a content creator okay so this really depends on um uh depends on the client depends on the product uh there's a whole bunch of things that come into play here so uh, a good example would actually be we did a campaign with australia's um distributor for fortnite uh, mm. So it's not not the game. They distribute the merchandise here. And being a distributor, distributors don't have the same sort of budgets as like a publisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, they're working with a lot smaller budgets. Um, and they wanted to just get some influencers talking about the new Fortnite stuff before Christmas to mm-hmm. get things knowing. In that case, because we are working with the smaller budgets, that's when we do get to work with the smaller influencers, which is really cool. And I love working with the smaller influencers because uh, it gives them a chance to shine, you know, especially mm-hmm. associated with a bigger brand like Fortnite too. Yeah. Um, so in that case, you know, I'm looking for somebody who is uh, a great content creator, you know, their Instagram game's on point, their Twitter's on point, you know, then the can take a good photograph or a creative video or something to put their own spin on that um, product that we're talking about, whether mm-hmm. it's whether it's a game, whether it's a whatever. Um, numbers are still uh, important. Yeah. So you know you do need a following, but we're not looking for that massive twenty to thirty thousand followers in that situation. It's more when you start getting into like an Apex Legends campaign, which we're running at the moment. Um, we're working with fifteen different Twitch streamers, and all of them are over the twenty thousand follower mark. You know, mm. um, but in that case, that's what the client wants. They want these big streamers. They want the big numbers. They want to get that out to as many mainstream people as possible. Um, because they've got the new series or, or the new season to get more people interested. And it might be a case of they're trying to pull people back from Fortnite or they're trying to pull people back from Call of Duty or something because they've got the new season. So you need those big names that would normally be playing those other games as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it does very, it does definitely um, change depending on who, depending on what we're doing. But, yeah, get creative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if, you, if you've got creative uh, content, if you can t- take creative photos or videos or put your own spin on things, definitely important. No, and that's one of the things, like, I, I've been, um, like, I, so I was recently invited to University of Hawaii on Maui to speak to the students there about, uh, you know, content creation as a career. And yeah. the biggest thing that they were all asking, is like, oh, you've got to have, like, 100,000 or a million subscribers to be able to do anything. I'm like, no, you don't. Uh, I mean, I I feel like, you know, if you're if you have a good business sense, you know how to network, you know yeah. how to create content, you know how to be creative and yeah. original, then you can go a long way. Yeah. I mean, look, who who did you just pull when you were sitting on 11,000 subscribers at the moment? Yes. <laughs> Kiefer well, Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. I'm actually <laughs> got a funny story about Kiefer Sutherland, though. Go for it. Really funny story. So I grew up in rural New Zealand, uh, mm-hmm. which the place I grew up in is a small town called Harwita, which uh, only a few thousand people live there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's an even smaller town just down the road called Patea. And mm-hmm. Patea is a place that used to have factories. All the factories closed down. The town is notoriously very poor. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it. Um, 
and we were driving through, stopped in at the pub, and Kiefer Sutherland was in the pub. Whoa. Yeah. Um, but he was filming uh, a movie just down the road. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ra- random country, that one, though. New Zealand's an amazing country, but because uh, so much stuff's filmed there, so many celebrities are literally around. But it's also, a, I think it's a very similar country to Hawaii in the case that people don't get all like, oh, there's a celebrity. <laughs> you're right. You know, you're, you're just like, oh, bro, look, it's Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. It's like is is definitely like that out here. Like if we see a celebrity, if we see like Jason Momoa, or we see, you know, Max Holloway, or anyone like that out here, it's like, oh yeah, no, that's Max. Oh, that's Jason. That's you know, yeah. oh, that's Bruno Mars. Like it's it's like a normal occurrence. Look, like we don't. I'm not. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. When I finally make it over to Hawaii, if I ever bump into the Rock or something over there, that'll be my moment where I geek out. <laughs> Dude, he's uh, we, so uh, massive. Oh, I mean, I've seen Jason Momoa in New Zealand, and um, dude, the dude's an Adonis, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've always said this to my wife, that he is my pass if I ever decide to change teams I'm playing for. Yeah. It's Jason Momoa. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but in saying that, I didn't geek out the same as, you know, see The Rock. Like, if I ever saw The Rock, it'd be amazing. Actually, yeah. that's a funny thing that's happened since the last time we spoke. Last time we spoke, me and you had a really good conversation about you hanging out with um, WWE superstars. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so we re- at the time uh, we had the WWE that was out here. Uh, yep. They did a um, kind of like a dark house show, and um, I was hanging out with um, uh, uh, Xavier. Yeah, Austin yeah. Creed, better known as Xavier Woods uh, huh. from the New Day, uh, hanging out with. Um, Actually, I think Daniel Bryan, he stopped by. He just yeah. stopped by, but he didn't really hang out. I got to meet Kevin Owens and uh, my yeah. wife and I. We actually got to take, you know, Xavier back to or Austin Creed back to uh, his hotel down in Waikiki. And he's a super awesome yeah. guy. I haven't spoke to him since. I did want to get him on the podcast, but I know he's all over the place. Yeah, so well, so in- interesting story. Since we last spoke, I've hung out with the guy. What? Yeah, um, so uh, round about my birthday, a good friend of mine uh, works for 2K Games. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, round about my birthday, it was actually the week off my birthday, uh, mm-hmm. uh, WWE were in town. Uh, the PR company said, hey, do you want to come interview some guys and meet some guys? I was like, yeah, 100%, I'd love to. Uh, so got to meet, um, 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 who did I get to meet? Uh, Buddy Murphy. Wow. Uh, um, a few other guys. Oh, um, 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 Kofi, who Kofi was Kingston. Yeah, yeah, got to hang out with Kofi for a bit. Hi. He was amazing, amazing dude. And then uh, I was literally just about to leave, and my mate comes out the door and he goes, "Oh, Fed, bro, you're here." And I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Oh, do you want to come play some um, WWE 2K?" I was like, "Well, it's not even out yet." He goes, "Yeah, we're in here playing it with Austin at the moment." So bowl on wow. in there, got to hang out with Austin and as you said, genuinely a really nice guy. And uh, we organized to catch up with him after the match later that night. And we were going to take him to a gamer bar, which we've got here in Sydney. Had all mm-hmm. organized it. We were DMing each other before his match. And uh, we were about to, you know, but we'd actually planned what we were going to do was stay for the start of the show. I think he was like the third match in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were going to bail after he'd finished his match and we were going to go to this bar. Wow. Although, that, if you have been watching, 
that match was the one where he um, pinged Bro- his Achilles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, we did get a DM from him saying a couple of expletives. Sorry, man, we can't catch up. We were just like, dude, <laughs> completely understand. But yeah, yeah, really nice guy. Hopefully, we're going to catch up with him later this year. Yeah, definitely. If, definitely. if he's healed up. Um, and speaking of which, because I think, and this is, I guess, multi-layer. Because I one, I want to ask you if you think E3 is going to be canceled. But anything, I think he. He should be at E3. He typically is there every year. Yeah. So with, with um, this whole, I, I guess we. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say usually he's doing stuff with Capcom as well as 2K. So yeah, yeah. So like you know, segue into like uh, the next topic of like this issue that's causing so many conventions to either yeah. stop or 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 you know what have you is is the coronavirus. So hmm. how, in your perspective, you know, since you're working on the industry side. How is that affecting the gaming industry and what you're seeing? Oh, dude, it's, it's look, it's unprecedented, to be honest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think in any stage in our industry we've had something which has cancelled or potentially shut down every expo and event, you know, that we've got coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, we've, we've had incidents where things have been sort of cancelled because of a one-off thing that's happened. But um, just last week, uh iem and uh katavica mm-hmm. they they announced you know we're not allowing a crowd uh, it was the entire thing was done to an empty stadium Whoa. Yeah, it's nev- never happened before um oh actually it has happened but unintentionally it happened in korea a couple of years ago when nobody turned up <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah that's a whole different story um uh, but gdc right gdc's just been cancelled yeah, um, massive. Uh, and there's people pulling out left, right, and center out of things. And, you know, E3 was already, you know, there was already a whole bunch of stuff going on with E3, whether E3 was going to even be worth going to uh, mm-hmm. this year. But I, I genuinely, genuinely concerned. I think, I think these companies are making the right decision, though, mm-hmm. uh, because let's put aside the importance of E3. Let's put aside the importance of GDC. Right now, we need to be making decisions that are the right thing for humanity. Yeah. 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 Um, We're not immune to extinction. This is true. Yeah. Right. Um, So we've got to be careful. I mean, I I personally don't think... um, it's an extinct, extinction level threat, um, yeah. but it is definitely a health issue where we need to make sure that we're looking after the masses here. Yeah. Um, hopefully things are better by E3, but it's not looking that way. Yeah, I, I already know, like right now for me, going to E3 may not happen just because uh, the company that was going to fly me out pulled out entirely. So I'm like, yeah. crap. <laughs> so like yeah. flight hotel and everything is just like eh. so i'm like all right uh and i'm just sitting and waiting like is it gonna get better are there gonna be other companies that are gonna pull out so like right now i'm in limbo and yeah. i was just with uh adam Korolake uh a week ago and he's like yeah i'm not not sure if i'm gonna go either <laughs> so yeah yeah and, and and look i'm not sure what's happening with me at the stage as well like um uh, I want to go to E3 this year. I, I p- purely want to go to E3 to see what this new format's going to be like. Yeah. Like, I wanted to be on the ground to sort of see in person whether it's going to be the shitstorm some people think it's going to be mm-hmm. or whether the evolution is going to be fine. I personally think, you know, evolution is good 
for yeah. E3. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the coronavirus is um, it's it's a scary thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't think it's as as bad as people. Uh, I don't think we should be panicking. That's just what I want to say. I don't think we should be panicking. Yeah. Wash your hands, stay clean, cough into your elbow, do all the logical things, right? Yeah. The only people that have actually died from this uh, disease are old people or sick people. Yeah. 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 If you're doing the right things, you're going to be able to survive it even if you catch it. Um, yeah. But uh, at the moment, we've got this hilarious issue in uh, Australia and New Zealand's just picked up on it too, where um, – for some reason, people are panic buying toilet paper. Like, if you look up the hashtag right now on Twitter, um, I think it's toilet paper apocalypse is one of them, and there's toilet paper crisis. <laughs> all you're going to see is all you're going to see is Australian and New Zealand tweets of people that have gone to the supermarkets and the supermarkets are empty when it comes to toilet paper, or people flexing their collection of toilet paper because they've gone and bought up like ridiculous amounts of it. It's ridiculous to the point where I tweeted this morning, thinking this was going to be a funny joke, right? I got a few rolls of toilet paper, took a photo of it, and I tweeted, competition time, I'm going to be giving away, uh, you know, what's it, like and retweet, follow and retweet yeah. um, <laughs> to win uh, seven ultra-rare rolls of Australian toilet paper, thinking it was going to be funny. There are people who are legitimately entering that competition right now. So I've put myself into a position where I've made a joke. What? I'm going to probably give away this toilet paper. Otherwise, I'm. <laughs> oh, my it's goodness. Ridiculous. I'm it's looking ridiculous. at it now. Holy yeah. crap. <laughs> the best thing's the Simpsons memes that are coming out of it. Because Australia's got this weird thing. And I love this is one thing I love about Australia is in times of um, trouble or times where things are tough for some mm -hmm. reason australia turns to simpsons memes like we, we just had <laughs> we just spent six months on fire this country yeah right uh, yeah. and literally literally to the point where we had at our house we had ash falling like there was no sun we could not see the sun for months it was that bad um so everything you ever saw about the sydney fires was not an exaggeration um and Australians turned to humor to get through it and it was all Simpsons memes and it was amazing. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Good God. I didn't even know. Like I, I, I knew like it was bad, but I didn't know it was ash to the point where you guys couldn't see like that bad. Yeah, we couldn't we could not see the sky. I went to I went to New Zealand for Christmas and it was the first time I'd seen a blue sky. Because you remember, it was summertime in Australia. Yeah. So normally over the Christmas period, it's you've got blistering 32 to 35 degree days uh, mm -hmm. Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Um, and um, it's always blue skies. It's just beautiful here this time of year, mm -hmm. that time of year. But, um, yeah, we hadn't seen the sky in months. It was legitimately, we could not see the sky. So when I went to New Zealand, it was the first time I'd seen a blue sky in weeks. Good Lord. Yeah, it was amazing being in New Zealand, getting, you know, no, not having smoke. Like, I tweeted photos during it, uh, which was basically, uh, looked like Silent Hill. Like, yeah. Australia looked like Silent Hill. That's how much smoke there was, and as low as it was. 
Okay, I'm I'm scrolling down now. Yeah, this dude, that looks ago. that looks straight like Silent, Silent Hill. Hill. Yeah, holy crap! Whoa. Yeah, it was it was really bad. Um, so actually, I'll give an awesome gaming related story here because I okay. think this is actually really cool. Is there was okay. a group of uh, Australian gamers who got together and. They started a organization called Gamer Aid. So shout out to Aiden Hickel, uh, mm-hmm. who started this with a bunch of other guys, and they raised thousands of dollars um, just doing live streams on Twitch and um, getting all these big gamers in to just donate their time and raise money for. Um, I think some of the money went to helping the firefighters that were weren't being paid. Um, weren't being paid they weren't being paid like uh australia's uh most of australia firefighters are all um uh volunteers yeah they volunteer their time there's a whole political side of this that i won't get into but but it got pretty bad to the point where our our prime minister the australian prime minister was on one of your islands while our country was burning oh yeah i remember uh was it (laughs) Big, uh, it was either here or Maui, I think. They yeah. Were on. Good God. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah. Ga- and Gamerade did this amazing. I think they raised thousands of dollars. So amazing work. Awesome seeing. And this is the thing I love about our community and our industry is, um, we come together, bro. Mm-hmm. Doesn't yeah. matter what color you are, what game you play, what sex you are, what sexual orientation you are. When the time to come together and um, raise some money for a good cause happens, gamers just get it done. Yeah, they do. Doesn't yeah. matter whether you're a rival, whether that's a streamer that you don't like working with or whatever. You know, you will get together and get shit done to raise some money for the right cause, and that was amazing. It's true. It's very true. Wow. Somber. See, now now I'm curious about going on and looking up like the political side of like why all that was going on. Curiosity on my end. Yeah. Go go for it. If if you've got a question, bro, like seriously, um, I I wasn't sure if you would want to get political. That's why I said Yeah, go do go for it. I'm all ears. Basically, bros, we had we've got a government here that's a very right leaning government, um, mm. and uh, everyone sort of expected the government to come forward and release money to make sure that um, firefighters were being looked after, that we were bringing in uh, more firefighters from other countries, that mm-hmm. um, people that were losing their homes had somewhere to go to because there were hundreds of people that lost their homes. There was an entire country, uh, entire town that was almost written off the map. Uh, all, all but written off the map, like it was destroyed, the entire town. Yeah. Um, and the government just seemed to be doing nothing. We had a prime minister that decided to go on holiday then i think it was two weeks later the guy who was in charge of civil defense went on holiday yeah so he's the one dude like okay it's bad that the prime minister's left but the guy who's in charge of making sure that people are being looked after he's gone too you know it was terrible it was shocking 
Um, and look, if any Australians are watching this, election year next year, the only one thing we can do is have our say and finally get these guys out of power. I yeah. can't. I actually can't. I can't have a say in the election because I'm a New Zealander. I pay tax but can't vote, which is a whole different political thing. Um, what? It is what it is, bro. <laughs> um, oh my God. But any Australian who can vote should vote and should actually get these guys out of power. They're just ridiculous. You know, and, and it kind of reminds me of kind of like the the you know the landscape here in America with people who. You have people that want change, but they mm. feel like their vote doesn't matter. I'm like, no, vote. Your vote totally matters. I'm, yeah. I'm fascinated watching right now. Like, uh, I'm, I'm a very political person. I watch mm-hmm. world politics, not just my own politics and not just mm-hmm. Australian politics or New Zealand. Um, but watching the American election at the moment is fascinating. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping uh, by the end of tonight, we're going to find out whether Bernie's made it. Mm-hmm. Like personally, I'm. I think Bernie's the man to get it done. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'd love to see a like of likes of AOC eventually get into power, but um, I don't think America's ready to have a young woman in charge. Mm-hmm. Although, look, she's. I do think she's the right person, um, but that's just the way it is in that country. I believe. I believe from what I've seen. No, it's, it's just it. I mean, it, how long did it take to get a black president? It's way true. too long. Yeah, it's it's one of the things like I, I really feel like with especially here in America. Like and I was saying this to I forgot who I was talking to. I think I was talking to another content creator who had you know he he was for uh, what's his name Andrew, Andrew Yang. He's a Yang guy. Okay, and I was I don't know enough about that guy. Yeah, there's there's not a whole like. I, he he came off cool, like a lot of things he was I saying. Think, was, was he the guy that was making a lot of promises? Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it's like when I was looking at him, I was like, uh, I'm just waiting for him to drop out because I, I had that feeling he was going to drop out. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, a lot of people were like, no, no, you know, Yang Gang 2020, Yang Gang. I'm like, mm, no, he's going to drop out, and then he dropped out. Yeah. But but um, you know. My whole thing, like, with our government here in America, mm. we have term limits for president. They can only yep. serve two terms. Why yep. the hell do we have people who have these, you know, they're, they're, they're justices, they're life justices. We have, you know, the judges and, and the governors and, you know, all these secretaries, they're just in power for life. That is the yeah. problem. You need to cycle yeah. that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look. I think Obama could have done another term, but then you get someone like your current president that you're like, well, I'm glad that there's limits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then there's other things in the political system over in America that shock me is uh, communism uh, is always associated with um, uh, socialism and socialism is treated like a swear word. You yeah. Know, it's like that. It's the worst thing ever. I'll, both countries I've lived in, Australia and New Zealand, both have socialist healthcare systems, right? Mm-hmm. Australia has an amazing healthcare system. My wife has been very sick the last uh, week. She's been to the doctors three times. Do you know she how many times I? She's 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 healing up, which is awesome. Okay. Uh, but do you know how many times she had to pay for the doctor? Zero. 
zero times yeah we're we're lucky like if we did have to pay we're in a position we could have paid mm-hmm. um but there are a lot of people out there that can't pay yeah and i have no problem with the fact that my tax dollars go to help other people get free healthcare. Um, mm-hmm. and then when we had to get we had to get her a prescription and it was I think three different sorts of drugs for a prescription and mm-hmm. it cost us like twenty dollars Australian. What? Yeah, right. Twenty bucks. And uh, then you get but this is the thing, right? And I do in that frustration on your face, I wish everybody else under your system had that frustration, right? Because to me, it's like you've got people like when I go to Los Angeles for E3, I see the mm-hmm. homeless there, right? You cannot ignore the homeless in that city. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're everywhere. Uh, if you're in uh, downtown LA, which is where E3 is, um, yeah. it's only a walk away to Skid Row. Yes. Right? And, yes. Right? and I walked down there purely out of curiosity just to sort of see if it was bad. And look, I was told I shouldn't be down there as well, right? Yeah. I was just like, what are, the, what are they going to do to me? Yeah. Right. Honestly. Uh, so I went for a walk down there. I met some really nice people down there. Um, some homeless guys. One dude came up and asked me for a cigarette. I gave him a cigarette. And mm-hmm. he followed me and talked to me for like 20 minutes. Um, and the dude was smart. Right. He mm-hmm. wasn't. I mean, he might have been on drugs. I don't know. But uh, he told me his story which was the dude was married, had kids, had a home two years earlier, mm-hmm. and he'd just fallen on hard times. Mm-hmm. And the system just wasn't prepared to help people that had fallen on hard times. We've got a social welfare system here, which there are people that look at it and go, that's free money, and people are going to take advantage of it. Are there people who will do that? Yes, of course there are. There will yeah. always be an element, but it is not the majority. Most people out here want to find a job and earn their keep, and they don't want to be poor. They want to work their way up to the top. Yeah. They want to pay their bills, and they want a nice house, and they want a car, and all that sort of thing. Like People don't want to be poor, right? Yeah. Um, but everyone thinks that having a health care or having free health care or having uh, a social welfare system is just there to stop help people not work that's not the case yeah. and so i i personally get frustrated with that whole attitude it's i think we should be looking after our poor we should be looking after everybody when it comes to health care um if i have an accident tomorrow i shouldn't have to have insurance to get surgery if i yeah. chop four fingers off my hand i shouldn't have to choose which one i keep yeah, because of the level of my insurance. Yeah, it's it's like that here. You know, even here in Hawaii, like you know, the homeless issue is almost as bad as Skid Row, mm-hmm. and and it's like to the point where the media and everything here just acts like, oh no, Hawaii is a paradise. Like, no, we have those issues. We have you know a mm-hmm. lot of healthcare issues. We have yeah. you know human trafficking issues, and yeah, it's like people turn a blind eye and a deaf ear to it, and it just frustrates yeah. me. And yeah. like, go, go, ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I agree 100%. I come from a small country as well. I come from New Zealand, which is paradise. It's a beautiful country. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have the same issues. We just came out of, I think it was four terms of a right-wing government that uh, handed over to uh, our Labour government, Jacinda Ardern, who is an amazing prime minister. Mm-hmm. Um, we're currently under her at the moment. And they're trying to undo 
all the stuff that was done and yeah. there was a massive housing crisis where the problem wasn't that people were too poor to live in a house mm-hmm. it was there were no houses available but the what? government wasn't building social housing <laughs> so there were literally people that were living in cars because they had nowhere to go yeah, so it, it, it's not it's not something that is unique to America, but they, they have issues. But it is a thing where, as people, we need to be standing up and voting for the right people that are going to be solving these. And then we need to give time to these people when they do come in to make those changes. We can't expect, like I said, in New Zealand, the housing crisis that we just had, um, we can't expect that problem to be solved in two years, right? Yeah, yeah. It's going to take – it needs time. Especially, especially when you have a look at the year New Zealand's just had, where we've had a terrorist attack, we've had um, uh, ridiculous uh, weather and flooding and things like that over the last year. Like the terrorist mm-hmm. attack was a massive one that we had last year. We're literally just coming up to uh, the twelve month anniversary of that. So, you know, oh. seeing all that being dealt with, you know, being. I know that we've got the right government in because we had a terrorist attack, and a week later. Uh, military assault weapons were banned in our country a week mm-hmm. later right you tell me we've got the wrong uh, government no we haven't yeah, yeah and you know it's it's um you know touching on what you're saying about the whole healthcare thing when i left my job at the hospital i worked for yeah you know immediately they oh sure my- you were at a you were at a hospital you would have seen some shit then Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I used to work for, uh, I worked for, and I'll just say Hawaii Pacific Health. I, I worked for them for years and yeah. admitted that I left uh, just because I couldn't deal with it anymore. And I, I don't think I told you, I, I'll tell you like a, I'm telling the audience at the same time. The reason I left, I was a senior systems analyst uh, and I specialized in like telephony and uh, voice over internet protocol or VoIP technologies. Yes. And I covered about, seven hospitals and about 40 clinics and then another 30 or uh, 20 to 30 like remote sites. And I was the primary, the backup and the on call. I had Hmm. no assistance, no help. And I just got to a point where I was not only burnt out, but I had, you know, some inner office politics where the, um, the director that I was, I would frequently work with for, uh, the call center ended up fucking me over. You know, she made a bad decision, and her whole thing was always she doesn't want to get blamed or had to deal with her director. So I got thrown under we've, the we've bus. We've all worked with those people. Yeah. 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 So I got thrown under the bus and I was like, okay, I'm done. So basically, uh, for like a whole week, there was nothing but bullshit. It got to the point where not only was I thrown under the bus, when I came into work, uh, I got thrown under the bus on a Friday. I came into work on a Monday got told that um, there was a meeting that happened that discussed uh, why I screwed up, even though I didn't. I had Mm -hmm. to admit to something I didn't do. And when I refused to, and I pushed back against it the second day, uh, Tuesday, when I came into work, my whole desk was cleared. I was moved moved out of my office. uh, The next day, I had all my accesses revoked. And it just kept going and going and going to a point where I'm like, I can't work. You know, I had other departments saying, hey, can you do this? I'm like, I have no accesses. My badge doesn't work for this place because of this director. So I said, fuck it. I quit. Yeah. So I, I well, look, you, you can you could try all you want. And but under some circumstances, if you can't do your shit, you can't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah, and you got to do what's right for you. Yeah. So, like, as I when I quit that job, not only did they cut all my medical benefits, yeah. um, but they're also and they're still to this day, they're saying that because I quit without authorization because of my role and the importance of it, they're still demanding and sending me like emails and letters saying, "Oh, you know, for your position, you need to pay back." The eight thousand dollars we invested into you for your role. What Still, the fuck? yes, yeah. So I, I'm I, I'm getting that from that company, and it's just hmm. they're like, like when I asked them for like the um the 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 con the contract because I had been in my um, analyst position for several years. I'm like, where's the contract? Because there's a two year mandatory time you have to be in. Hmm. I had well surpassed the two-year mark. But yeah. their thing is because I didn't get authorization for them from them to quit, even though it's at will employment. Hmm. And I didn't train someone to take my position. I am liable to pay them back eight grand for training. That's ridiculous. It it's it's absolutely insane. Yeah. <laughs> so they cut all my my insurance. So until I was able to get under my wife's healthcare plan, yeah. I couldn't go to the doctor and, you know, get, I'm four years in remission from cancer. So I'm yeah. supposed to go to my checkups. I can't yeah. afford to go to my checkups. I can't afford to do anything for, for literally. I didn't get insurance until three or four weeks ago. No, three weeks ago is when I yeah. finally got coverage. Yeah, and, as, as some, and as someone who's, you know, recovering from cancer yeah that's a scary situation to be in yeah it's so yeah uh universal healthcare. i'm for it because 100 it's 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 absolute bullshit that we don't have that here in the u.s yeah and look and for the people that um are against universal health care or against uh social welfare systems that honestly, I'm just going to say it. It's selfish. It's a selfish mindset of uh, I don't want to pay more tax to do that or whatever. It's look, I'm all for. It's going to sound very communist, which is very un-American. Um, <laughs> but look, sometimes I think we need to put aside our own selfishness and look after the people. Look after everybody. We're all in yeah. this together, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I do I do like to think that the people that do vote in the other direction have you know genuinely think that they are doing the right thing sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I also think a lot of them are fooled by some pretty cool promises that they're just not gonna get. Yeah. And and, and the thing that I, I think too with a lot of people on, you know, I think it's on both sides, but I can see like you know, especially with you know, the right wing, I feel like a lot of them, many of them do, they're under the delusion of something that's not there. They're thinking yeah. that everyone has the same outcome. Oh, well, I pulled myself up by the bootstraps. I did this. I did that. Cool. Not everyone can do that. Not everybody is born with the privilege of being in the right situation to do that. Yes. Yeah. Right. And uh, it, 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 that's not even a color thing, right? Like, yeah. I, I do. Okay, is white privilege a thing? Hundred percent, it is. Mm. But 
there are some people of other races and whatever that are born in the right situation or with the right surroundings or the right support network or to be able to bring themselves up and pull their bootstraps up and make something of themselves and some people just are born in a cycle that doesn't support that and you know us being able to change that situation for people will help like um free education you know yeah. If you give people uh, being able to go to uni- the opportunity to go to university, mm-hmm. people will go to university. Yeah. We just haven't yeah. given them that opportunity, right? Yeah. I, um, you know, one of the people that was at the uh, University of Hawaii when I was over there speaking, uh, one of the assistants there, hmm. she has two, and, and we went to college together. Yeah. She's got two uh, master's degrees. Yep. Cannot find a job. And, and she's, she's got master's in child psychology and, and uh, I think uh, behavioral health or relational health or something mm-hmm. like that. So two psychology masters. Can't find, a deg- can't find work in her field. Yep. And is making between $14 and $15 an hour. And to me, it is absurd and yeah. and just the fact the amount of debt i asked her i'm like how much in the hole are you because for me like i i have probably 90 or eighty thousand left for my marketing degree yeah she's like i don't even want to tell you how much i have dude it's uh, like uh when i first uh studied i studied in the late 90s Mm-hmm. Uh, this is when I fir- my first time I started around with studying, and I studied um, media and radio broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And back then, it was a user pay system where uh, everybody that went to university had to pay their way, uh, and there's only two ways of doing that: you either paid cash or you got a student loan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, sh- I think when I left university, I was about 30,000 in the hole for three years study, which isn't too bad. I think that transfers to about, let's say 20 K American. So mm-hmm. definitely not as expensive as it is for a university education in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a situation where I literally started my career in debt. I yeah. got married in debt. I started my family in debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's awesome is uh, the way the system's changed since then is uh, there's now this is in New Zealand. I don't know enough about the Australian system, but in New Zealand, it's uh, if you've got a student loan, they will not give you interest. You don't have to pay interest until you start working now. Mm-hmm. And if you stop working for whatever reason, they will stop putting interest on while you're not working. Okay. All right. So that's one way to stop that debt from piling up. That was the first thing they did. And then uh, our new government, when they came in, they brought in a, a first year free system. Mm-hmm. So the first time you go to study, that first year is 100% free. You don't pay a cent. Wow. All right. So I would have walked out with half the debt. So it's, 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 it's amazing what having the right government in place can do, right? Yeah. I mean, ideally, I'd love to, love it to be a system that, uh, like, what Bernie's promising in the States at the moment is he wants a free um, university education. 
eventually. Yeah. Dream. Right, it'd be amazing. I don't think it's going to happen because America is such a capitalist country. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even if they can have it to a place like what New Zealand has, which is the you know first year free, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, definitely if they if they could do like a first year free, like it would it would. I mean, not only would they draw in more people, I think that's the thing that's a deterrent. Like when I was speaking to a lot of the students, you know, a lot of them and a lot of their friends and family you know, are deterred away from university just because of how much it costs. It's like Dude. thinking, how am I going to pay for this? Is yeah. this even worth it? Like, I, I, I have spoken to people before <clears throat> about this, and I, I think it's probably, especially in the New Zealand system, like I said, you know, you don't have to worry about interest until you start working. Hmm. It's the best debt you can possibly get um, if you are going to have a debt, right? Is mm-hmm. that student loan. It's not the same as a loan to buy a car or something like that which is interest and interest and interest and interest but um yeah i I think it's the best that you can potentially have oh man (laughs) but anything to cut down that debt let's vote those people in exactly exactly so um see this this is what i love about the podcast like when i get to talk to the people and whatever they're <laughs> passionate about, whatever there is no filter, no holes barred. We'll talk about it. Yep. And you know, I, I think this is good because I think getting this dialogue going is it's helpful, you know. Yeah. I think I, I think a, a, the other, you know, strong message here is for people who are in the American system, it's you're not alone. You know, mm-hmm. there are other countries that are facing very similar issues, like I said about the Australian system at the moment. Um the Australian government is not a great government and mm. it might not be as in your face and broadcast every single day how bad our government is. Like in America, it just seems to be a back and forth constantly in the media yeah. over there. Um, but, you know, you're not alone with facing issues with the government. Yeah, And even with that, like with the media here, like like you, I keep up with a lot of stuff that's going on you know, in mm. the political arena, but... You know, like I see some people that are always on social media, like every time, like, oh, Trump did this, Trump did that, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, detach for just like. Oh, dude. And sometimes you you have to force yourself to do it. I have these moments all the time, especially with Facebook, not so much with Twitter. I don't mind putting my thoughts out there on Twitter because most Mm -hmm. of the people who follow me on Twitter are not friends or family, right? They're Mm -hmm. just people that follow me. On Facebook, however, though. Oh, I yeah. have these moments where I'm like, I'm never going to talk about politics again on Facebook. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause you're just like, cause you say something and then you've got a cousin or uh, an old high school friend who says something really dumb and you're just like, oh, God, I don't want to argue with you. I've known you all my life. I don't want to argue with you. And <laughs> so I, I will have these moments. Let's not talk about politics again. And I'll go like two weeks where I'm just like, the only things I'm sharing are memes or a photo of my latest latte that I've gotten from a cafe or something. Mm-hmm. And then something will happen that I have that I go, oh, fuck it, I'm going to talk about politics again. <laughs> <laughs> but you need those moments of detaching, I think. Yeah, yeah, you do. Like, I, I've seen some people, and, you know, a lot of the voice actors that I, I've interviewed and ones that I, you know, I'm in the process of interviewing, like, they stay on Twitter. Every post is something political. And some of them oh, are told, dude. like, you need to stop. Like, yeah, like I, um, I get it. You're passionate, but 
back up a little bit. It it, it yeah, can yeah. be like yeah. <laughs> I've got I've got some good friends in the media who um yeah in the same sort of situation where you're just like yeah it might be time to wheel it back a wee bit, wind it back. <laughs> Yeah. But look, they're having these conversations, which and they're starting conversations with people, which I think are conversations that need to be had. True. At the yeah. same time, you need people waving that flag. Yeah. But have you noticed, like, with Facebook, and I keep seeing this constantly, and I think I made a post about it, and I got a lot of flack, but there are people I know that will post, you know, stuff about either political or social issues. They'll post these articles that. They don't even read. It's yeah. just a headline. And then I'll click on the article and it's like a four or five, sometimes even a 10 year old article. And it's like, I'll comment. And, and sometimes I have to catch myself. My wife would be like, don't do it. Don't do it. I, I'm <laughs> See, like, this is, this is the, thing, right? <laughs> the thing me and you have in common is we've both got wives that are there to keep us straight and go, yeah. like, they know better, bro. They're the ones that are like, you're going to start something. <laughs> Why are you feeding these trolls? That's what my wife always says to me. Oh God. My wife's like, do you she's like, do, do you have to say something? No, but this is like like why are they running like did they even read and I've I've done that. I've asked him like, did you even read this article before you made yeah. this post? Like well, did yeah, you I did. did you even did you even do a courtesy Snopes check? <laughs> oh god. Like, it takes it takes two seconds to go to Snopes and go. Is that true? Oh, turns out it wasn't. Right. <laughs> Funny thing is, I've I've got a good friend. Me and him have been friends since high school, right? Mm-hmm. And love the guy like a brother. But for some reason, in the last year or so, he's become very political when it comes to Trump. Mm-hmm. And this is a Maori guy in New Zealand who has no skin in the game when it comes to Trump. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he is just all about him. And the amount of times me and him, I look, I'll be honest, this is one of those occasions where I was like, the best thing for me to do is I'm muting you on Facebook. I'm not unfriending you. You can still see me DMs. You can still see everything I post, but I'm muting you because I can't stop myself from correcting your incorrectness. <laughs> yeah. Right? I don't want to say stupidity because I think some people are just fooled easily sometimes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I and I, I I find myself having to do that too on Facebook, like just meeting people because it's it, it the thing about social media as a whole is hmm. you get to see I'm gonna say it, you get to see the stupidity of people in bro. full effect. <laughs> Yeah, bro, and as, uh, look, in my job as well, right? Social media is a massive part of my job. I say yeah. it all the time, like, if it wasn't for my job, I would quit social media. Yes. Right? I long for the days where my phone just made phone calls and sent text messages sometimes. Like, <laughs> over Christmas, over Christmas, when we went home for to New Zealand, I literally uninstalled Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And wow. And I removed my work email account from my phone. Oh, yeah, I remember right. you made a tweet about that. You're like, yeah. on vacation, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. So anything that was coming through onto my Twitter was just fed from my Instagram. The only thing I kept was Instagram because um, I needed something to be able to share what I was up to, right? Yeah. Um, and, dude, it was bliss. I had 
four weeks of no social media, no real social media. It was amazing. Like I had no idea what people's opinions were. People had no idea what my opinions were. <laughs> it, 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 don't you think? Like when you think back to you know, because you and I we're around the same age. You think yeah. back to the time before social media was like, like literally at your fingertips. Like back when yeah. we didn't. When I first have... joined Twitter, bro. When I first joined Twitter, there was two ways to send a tweet: from a computer or a text message. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And you had what 160 character limit back then? Uh something like that, yeah. yeah Not so, much. So it's like you had to you be think... you had to be creative with your tweets back then. Yeah. Yeah. And before yeah. before then, my first social platform was Bebo. I don't know. Oh, oh no, God, sorry. Dude, no, I remember. No, it wasn't Bebo, sorry, it was MySpace. Ooh. I went from dude. MySpace to Bebo. I want to say, like, I think I started at students.com. Then I went to MySpace, yeah. which I think the kids nowadays don't understand MySpace. Like that was the Do shit. You know how much there. music I discovered on MySpace, bro? I discovered some really weird music, and I I still have some of that stuff playing on my uh, Spotify and stuff. But it's it was an amazing place to discover music, discover creatives, find people who are like it was what we sort of use Twitter for now. Mm-hmm. But, but in saying that, you only checked in once every three or four days too, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, you didn't have this thing of, oh, I better put that on my MySpace. Or, <laughs> uh, like, oh, I just had an amazing cake. Oh, I've just bought this amazing cake at the cafe. That's a great photo for my MySpace. It wasn't a thing. Yeah. 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 It, you like check a- in every now and then and maybe rearrange your top eight friends and... <laughs> <laughs> It's like uh, like Chips uh, in the chat says. He said MySpace gave birth to a lot of coders for our generation. This is true. Dude, I learned HTML. <laughs> My first ever experience of HTML was making skins on both MySpace and Bebo. <laughs> Spirit says Bebo. Oh, those were my goth days. Yeah, man, dude. I went through my goth uh, period as well. I ended up resting on being a, uh, because I was a hip hop head as well. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, uh, look, it's even tattooed on my arm. I was a juggalo, bro. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah. I didn't know that. So I, dude, still, still love that group. Amazing. They got me through <laughs> my teens. Oh, man. No, it's like when you just think about like the, the, how much, you know, you really look at like how social media has just changed society. Oh, you know? dude! In, in some ways better, some way, many ways you've, you've, worse. You've heard of you've heard of the old phrase like, um, you know, the everybody's the thing that um, uh, assholes and opinions have got in common, right? Yes. Everybody's got one, right? Yes. Yes. The difference is we don't go around showing everybody our assholes. <laughs> and now, and now it seems that like on Twitter, you know, everybody um, has got their opinion out there, and it's just a free for all for it to argue. And I'm, like I said, I'm a political person; I am totally guilty of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sometimes you've got to keep that in check, like you said. Yeah, and especially. Uh, I guess we can. Um, I guess we can round this into you know, being you know, working with the gaming industry in journalism and branding, like. Mm-hmm. There has to be like, I feel like sometimes like some people are like, oh, Mikhail, what do you think about this? Like politically, 
I'm like, well, you want me to speak as me, the individual, yeah. or me, the content creator and brand? Because if yeah. it's a content creator and brand, I have to stay out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Some and sometimes it's a smart move, especially if you've got a business relationship with the brand, right? Mm-hmm. Um uh some influencers i've worked with they'll flick me a dm and they'll say hey i know i'm sponsored by blah 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 but i'm having this problem about it and i was like okay let's deal with this privately Mm -hmm. do not send a tweet (laughs) right and they'll and then you'll see them later on engage with a rival brand and say hey that new computer looks dope or whatever and bro you can't have an opinion on those other products yeah, we're literally paying you money to talk about this company. Don't talk to that other company. Yeah, and yeah. It, that's the whole political side of things. And it's the same with companies like <clears throat> some of the brands I have worked with have made shitty decisions with their business at times, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to not discuss it, polit- yeah. uh, you know, publicly. You have to be like, I've got an opinion on that decision. I've even talked to that business about, hey, I'm sorry you're going through this because your head office has made a shitty decision. Yeah. Um, but that's private. Yeah, there's yeah. a private discussion that you have with those people. They're not a public tweet. Yeah. Um, we've actually, it's actually interesting. We've got a uh, intern that, oh, he was an intern. He's now a paid staff member. Um, mm-hmm. I was literally talking to him the other day about uh, articles that we put up on the website. And sometimes there are times where, uh, as a business, we have to make a decision that, okay, we're not going to cover the subject that everyone else is talking about because we've got an existing business relationship on the other side of the business with the agency. Mm-hmm. So we can't talk about that because we don't want to upset that brand. And look, it sucks because you do have to play that game of sort of juggling when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, but hey, what's keeping the lights on? <laughs> right the look the lights have been kept on by these people paying us good money to do their promotions for them so um i'm not saying that we wouldn't go out to bat for those decisions though and that's where mm-hmm. the political thing comes in where you've got to be smart and sort of say we're not going to cover that topic that's currently trending but mm-hmm. we're also not going to go out publicly and say we defend this company yeah we're just not going to have a we're not going to start a discourse on this topic you know and and this is one of the things like i feel like a lot of content creators need to understand like that business aspect like you need to have some social etiquette yeah you know and it's i don't know why so many <laughs> don't understand that oh mate i've got a story for you oh for it. um <laughs> and this is a great example one of my favorite people to work with. Um, I won't say his name. He's a YouTuber. Yeah. Was a YouTuber. He's now a Twitch streamer. Uh, we. He's associated with a very big um, uh, esports brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, he and he, he gets numbers because he's got that brand association with them. We mm-hmm. were the first company to approach him with on behalf of one of our clients and we were bringing him over to uh, Sydney to do this, uh, not Sydney to Melbourne to do this big thing at PAX. Mm -hmm. Um, We paid him 
really good money to do this thing, uh, paid for his airfares, put him up in a really nice hotel, and he was going to do all this stuff. Now, this brand that we were working with was a very conservative brand, right? Mm -hmm. um, so just very brand aware, very aware of who they were working with, making sure that uh, everything was kosher and you know, mm -hmm. there wasn't swear words. It's the same brand I actually had to sort of say to them, look, if you're going to work in gaming, you need to expect that streamers are going to swear on stream yeah. australian streamers are going to drop the c-bomb very regularly because mm -hmm. in australia we call each other the c-word all the time yeah um uh i learned the hard way at e3 that americans do not like that word <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm okay with it because spirit shot in the uh, yeah. the chat he, he's like oh fucking cunt i'm like yeah yeah, yeah right all right uh, yeah <laughs> that's a whole other story i've got about um the rooster teeth party <laughs> i went to e three one year um anyway um so we had this guy lined up he was literally uh he sent a tweet and he must have tweeted this thing at like 9 a.m new zealand time so mm -hmm. that would have been 7 a.m in Australia. Mm -hmm. So he was mid-air flying to Melbourne by the time the client picked up this tweet. And what had happened was a sex toy company had sent him a wooden box, right? Because sometimes influencers are just sent things, you know? Yeah. They don't get a, they don't get um, a DM or anything to warn them that something's coming. You know, yeah. the courtesy sort of, hey, we're going to send you something, uh, just letting you know it's on the way. Yeah. Sometimes you're just sent stuff. Yeah. And this was one of those situations. So they sent him this wooden box and he tweets a video of him opening the lid on the box, pulling out this huge dildo. <laughs> Massive. And He's got this dude's got a hilarious laugh as well. He and all he does, all the video is, is him opening it up, laughing, picking it up out of the box, and throwing it at a window, and it sticks to the window, and just goes. <laughs> right, it's all the tweet was with this video. So I get a phone call from the client while he's mid-air, flying over, and it's just, "Have you seen his tweet?" And I was just like. Give me a second. I'll just have a look. My reaction is I laugh, right? Because <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and they go, what are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do? I go, look, I can't get hold of him. He's in the air at the moment. He doesn't land in Melbourne until whatever time. Mm -hmm. um, best thing I could do is just get him to delete that tweet. And it's like, well, this could potentially damage our brand. And go, it's not going to damage your brand. <sighs> Like I had to convince the brand that it wasn't going to, but this is the sort of thing that people don't think about, right? Mm -hmm. He just thought it was a funny tweet, totally on brand for him as well. Like, that's his <laughs> sense of humor. Um, but, yeah, he just didn't think how that was going to impact his brand. And since then, we've worked with him and sort of said, hey, while you're in a cycle working with a brand, just be very careful about what you're talking about. And since then, like, he's still kept his sense of humor, but he's dropped the edgelord sort of things that he used to do. Mm -hmm. Um uh so he's not as edgy as he used to be but he's still very funny he's still got the same sense of humor still has exactly the same audience engaged and it just mm -hmm. took a bit of training with that influencer to go from that to what they are now which is just a more refined brand friendly version of that humor and i think it makes you a smarter comedian if comedy is your thing right yeah 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 i definitely agree with that hmm. um it's it's um 
I was going to use an example. Um, something similar to that. So there's a, a content creator that I know who mm-hmm. has a fairly, uh, I, I guess you can say large-ish. Uh, he's he's halfway. He's like what, 40, 50, or 60,000 yep. subscribers. And he has this mentality, which I find to be very, very interesting, where he feels entitled because he's yep. got so many subs that when it comes to like if he reaches out to a company or fills out a form to get codes or whatever he feels that he's entitled to get it guaranteed and if yep. not he gets upset but the funny thing is he'll get codes and sometimes it'll be the day the game comes out sometimes it'll yeah. be little before or maybe after the game comes I think out. I know exactly where the story is going, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, that mentality, I feel like if you're a content creator or an influencer, you cannot have that because one, even if you've already like pre-ordered or paid for it, whatever, there's no guarantee that you're going to get anything no matter who Correct. you are. Correct. And if you get it, the fact is you got it when thousands of other people didn't. Exactly. So I, I don't understand this entitlement mentality yeah. with a lot of creators. And, and the other one is, which I assumed your story was going to, is you get them sometimes, these enti- the entitled ones will be like, well, why couldn't I get the game a week earlier? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because they, they want to play it beforehand. They want to be the first on Twitch to have it and stuff like that. And I understand where they're coming from. It's just sometimes these companies are so protective. Like once upon a time, we used to be able to get, when I was a content creator, we used to be able to get games like Call of Duty is a really good example. We used to get Call of Duty like a month before it came out. Yeah, we used to be able to play it, get a good time to review it, be able Mm -hmm. to play online, they'd turn on the servers for us and things like that. So that when the game dropped, Mm -hmm. we'd have our review out and it would be a really good review. Um, But... What ruined that was dickheads who would get a code and decide, fuck it, I'm going to stream it. I'll get views. <laughs> and even though they've signed a NDA that says, I'm not going to talk about it, I won't stream it, I will only share that I've got the game, or whatever, right? Because mm-hmm. you get these things that um, you embargoes which say you are allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that. There's certain parts in the game you're not allowed to go to and things like that. Mm-hmm. And there's always those people that will break that, which is why you find these companies are not taking the risks that they used to anymore because that trust is just gone. Yeah. And a lot of it is entitlement. They're just going like, oh, I did these guys a favor. I was yeah. this, this was helping their game reach more people before it came out. Well, yes. you just ruined it as well for a lot of people. Yeah. That's... And, and that's the thing is... Uh, I'm not sure if you're feel, familiar with uh, Adam Korolik. Uh, at all no i have to look him up so he he's basically he's been youtubing for about i think 11 or so years but he yeah. helped work with like uh the shinmu 3 promotions oh, yeah and uh he goes all over you know with the voice of rio and whatnot and the thing is like he's got over 100,000 subscribers and the dude's super humble he's like hey you know if a company works for me cool if not it's perfectly fine He's like, you yep. cannot have that mentality. But this other content creator and many others that I've met like that other guy, it's just, oh, I've got this many subscribers. I get this many views. I'm entitled to this. I'm entitled to that. And I'm like, you're not entitled to anything. 
Yeah, you're entitled to literally nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, and, and and sometimes, it, I'll be honest, I've had guys with that attitude, and I've been like, well, next game you'll get nothing. Yeah. Right? Because I only want to work with people that are cool people to work with sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you're going to be a dick about what you're doing, I'm not going to deal with you. Like, I've, one of my... One of the uh, YouTuber that I know, he's amazing, and I do respect what he does. But mm. his whole thing is he is very honest about his opinions, right? Yeah, very honest. So, a, a, a particular game came out uh, about a year and a half ago, and it did not meet expectations. Mm. Um and he was very vocal about the expectations of that. And the company then asked me not to work with that person anymore mm-hmm. for them. Not for anyone else. They, they, nobody's ever said, I don't want you guys to ever work with that person for any brand. That never happens. Uh, but it is a situation where it was like for our brand, for our games, we don't want you sending that to that person anymore. They've just shit on us. Like they spent yeah. an entire three months. No, talking nothing but crap about this game before it yeah. came out, when it came out, after a couple of things happened with the game, that's all I ever focused on. Didn't focus on anything good about the game. So let's no longer deal with that person. Um, so that does happen, right? And you have to, the, the, and this person accepts that that's what's happened with them. So he hasn't yeah. been a dick about it. Uh, he's gone, look, this is what I am. This is what I do. Um, I, my content is around talking about the issues with games. So if that's how they feel, that's fine. I'll buy their games in the future. Yeah. And that's what they've had to do. And time will tell, right? The thing is, time does heal as well. I've had Mm. influencers where there's one influencer I'm working with at the moment who was very entitled four years ago when I dealt with them. Um, uh, I wanted to send them a brand new $3,000 computer for one of my clients. Mm -hmm. And this person came back to me and basically gave me a shopping list of, if it doesn't have this, 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 you know, I don't want it. And I was like, oh, fine, don't worry. I'm not going to bother, right? (laughs) Uh, But this person had also gone from, I think, 3,000 subscribers to 10, 15,000 subscribers in a period of two months as well. So their ego very much grew as well. Mm. Time... Very much healed that relationship, though, because uh, it was actually at the launch of Go to Game. Mm. Um, I invited them along. They came. We had a good chat, and since then we had a bit of a Discord and chat and talked online and things like that. And then when this client came to me and said, "Hey, we need some people for this campaign," I was like, "Ah, I'll give this person another go." Mm-hmm. Their attitudes changed a lot in the last four years, um, and this person is now one of the most reliable people I've worked with in the last twelve months. So time does heal as well. So I'm not going to say that being a dick now is going to stop you from working with someone forever. Yeah. And the other thing too is like I know a lot of like this creator and many others that I know they'll get codes or get products sent, and then if they they'll review it if they want to. And yep. I I, I it's for me maybe it's a I have an ethical issue with it because it's like if you request the game. Yep. And you get it sent to you, It'd be yep. a code or or physical, and you decide, mm, I don't feel like reviewing it. You're screwing over not only the company, but anyone who potentially could have could, taken that code, 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And and that's the thing too, right? So, I mean, I'm guilty of getting codes as well uh, back in the day and just running out of time before release. Mm-hmm. But what I'll always do is sort of, I used to go, okay, I didn't get time to do that review beforehand. What I'll mm-hmm. do is a review after the fact or, hey, another one which is an interesting format, which not a lot of people do, which I think really is a format of YouTube that a youtube review that more people should do is looking at a game two months after it was out and say hey let's have another look at this now that it's been patched now that Mm -hmm. um i've had a month to play it rather than a week to play it or whatever like Mm -hmm. how do i feel about it now versus when i first played it yeah that that would be a great and and the thing is like there's so many games that were broken at launch that are just way better now and nobody wants to talk about it because it's like it's funny, like, um, so we, we've had that with uh, Fallout 76, right? Fallout 76 mm-hmm. at launch was Abysmal. not the game. It wasn't the game that everyone sort of expected. 12 months later, it's a great game. Um, yeah. And to be honest, I think next month with Wastelanders coming out, it's going to be the game people wanted. Yeah. Let's see. We've still got to look at this, right? Yeah. Um, but I, and I sort of compare Fallout 76 to Diablo 3. Right, yeah. people forget how bad Diablo three was when it came out, because yeah. now it's a polished game, right? People still put hours and hours into that game. It's a good polished game now, but when that came out, it was a shocking game. It was terrible. It was buggy. It was, you know, it had so many issues. Yeah, yeah. and uh, look, you just said there in chat, you know, No Man's Sky. Yeah, No Man's Sky was the loneliest game I have ever had the experience of playing when it came out. Like I got depressed playing that game when I first went in there, right? <laughs> like it was like, have you ever played a game where you were the only person? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. You, you were walking like at least with uh, Fallout 76, you had other people to interact with. You had missions to do. You had things like no man's sky. You were dropped in and you were like, now what? But uh, I and look, I, I'm going to say I haven't played it since it's been updated. But I have heard nothing but good things about it since what in the last twelve months, people have been raving about the game. Yeah, and that's there's another game too uh, that actually. Uh, thank you, Sharice, for becoming a content supporter. Oh, she Great. she is an amazing supporter. Let me just say that. <laughs> that's, that's my lovely wife. Hey, how's are you feeling better? <laughs> are you feeling better? Hopefully, you are. <laughs> Uh, but but thank you so much for that. I, I greatly appreciate that. And um, and a, the a game that I've played, I played at launch, uh, Metal Gear Survive, which yep. admittedly, mechanically was a great. It was a good game. It was just yep. like it was surrounded by the Kojima controversy and all oh, this other dude, stuff. I, I'll be honest, I didn't play it because I was just like, oh, it's not a Kojima production. I'm not touching it. Yeah, and it's like I, I went back and played it like a couple weeks ago, and I'm like. Damn, this game's actually pretty good now. Like right. they patched the hell out of it, yeah. but nobody's playing it. <laughs> yeah. But this is the thing: is I think there's totally a format of YouTube video there to be the. Let's look at this twelve months later. What's it like? Yeah, and it's the same with tech. Uh, I used to do tech reviewing back in the day, and um, I think that there's uh, for like cell phones, right? Yeah, there are some phones that 
on the day of launch are amazing. You get blown away by the features and the style and the design and stuff. A good example is my phone. I've got, uh, I don't even know if it's a brand that's available over there. It's an Oppo. Um, no, and, you don't get that one. <laughs> yeah, but it's a it's a phone that had a pop-up camera and it's a sexy looking phone. When mm. I first bought that phone, I was just like, this is amazing. Look how cool it is. The camera pops up. It's mm-hmm. got no notch in the front. It looks good. The colors are awesome. The screen's amazing. But if I'd reviewed that a month later and gone, okay, what is this phone like now? 12 months or a month later, how have I enjoyed this phone? Mm -hmm. It's a shit piece of shit phone, right? (laughs) And I've still got it. I've had it for two years now because I just haven't replaced it. Mm -hmm. it That was the first phone in years that I'd paid for because I was always sent freebies uh, to review. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I haven't replaced it because I paid like $1,200 for it. It's the first phone I'd paid for. So I'm like, I'm getting... A good couple of years out of this mm-hmm. but um the had features missing that i had on other phones like it doesn't have nfc which i'd started using google pay religiously and all of a sudden i couldn't use google pay because it didn't have nfc um it doesn't have a fingerprint reader on it at the time i thought it's fine not having a fingerprint reader because it's got face id mm-hmm. only problem is it's got a pop-up camera so you've got to wait for the camera to pop up read your face and then pop back down yeah yeah it's just not a snappy so i mean the interesting format that I think more people need to sort of look at is what's this thing like now that I've had time with it or now that it's been patched or now that it's been updated. And whether that's tech, whether it's a controller, whether it's a Xbox, whether it's a game. Well, it's, Some it's, things need time. It's, it's so true. And I, I you know, it's I, it's I see it a lot when it comes like the, the, the tech industry, especially like when it comes to like the Razer Phone 2. You know, I still have my Razer phone too that, you know, Razer sent out to me. Yeah. And with all oh, the you're lace, lucky. I wanted one of those. <laughs> dude, I absolutely love that phone. And yeah. it's like the I like to call them the tech zeitgeist. You know, and I, I've talked to uh me and the tech YouTubers, you know, uh Michael Fisher and whatnot. We've talked mm. about this where if it's not Samsung or Apple the tech YouTubers are like, eh, it's okay. And they'll write it off. And then the public's like, oh, well, they said it's not good. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to buy it. <laughs> so, See, okay, so we, we, we noticed this uh, back in New Zealand. This was being six, seven years ago when mm-hmm. my wife and I and a friend of ours, we had a, a podcast and website and stuff where we did a lot of tech stuff. And mm-hmm. we started reviewing Huawei's devices. Mm-hmm. At the time, in New Zealand at least, Huawei were known as being the phone that you bought at the supermarket for a hundred dollars yeah wow it was there were the cheap rubbish phones the yeah mm. burners yeah. that's all they were known for um but when they started stepping into the um the mid to high end mm-hmm. they, they were more the mid-range actually but their tech and specs were right up there with the iphone and stuff like that and we sort of started trying to educate the um average joe Mm-hmm. You know, our, our audience was not your techies. Our audience was your average consumer. Mm-hmm. And sort of saying, look, this brand is actually a really fucking good brand. Like, mm-hmm. you can pay $1,000 for an iPhone, or you can pay $600 for this phone that literally does everything better than the iPhone. Why are you buying this brand? Why are you getting sucked into the Apple on the back of your phone? Because all your mates have got it. When you can have a better phone for $600. And a lot of that. And now um, Huawei's the number one phone producer in the world. Yeah. 
Uh, and they do create amazing technology, but it took that education. I mean, I know in the States, um, Huawei's not even allowed to sell their stuff anymore. Yeah, but, I, think um, I think it's it's still banned, I believe, yeah. Yeah, it's still banned. Uh, but their stuff's amazing. Yeah. Um, if, look, I the only reason I haven't bought a new Huawei is because they aren't allowed to use Android anymore. Yeah. Oh, they're allowed to use Android. They're just not allowed to use Google services, so you, it doesn't have an official Play Store and stuff like that on it. Yeah. Uh, otherwise... I would 100% be buying it. Like this tech that's behind those devices are amazing. Yeah, uh, same, yeah. Oppo is amazing as well. Like a lot of these Chinese companies or Korean companies that aren't Samsung or Apple are creating amazing devices. Yeah. And not only that, but like their their laptops are really good. Yeah, really and, good. Man. <laughs> uh, so, so we had a couple questions here. We got one from find it devil hunter nero he's he asks are game journalists that are bad at games hurting the industry since they are supposed to give fair reviews to consumers about your games okay i've got a i do have an opinion on this um i don't think game journalists necessarily have to be good at games but they don't they shouldn't purport to be good at games if they are not good at games because at the end of the day gamers uh they run the gambit of being and this is average gamers right you're either Mm -hmm. amazing at games and you buy games to be competitive and be good at games or Mm -hmm. you're a gamer who just enjoys gaming whether you're good at them or not right you just Mm -hmm. enjoy sitting down and enjoying a game you might die a million times but you've had fun doing it and i think as a games journalist you as long as you're talking about whether the, you're enjoying the game or fun and you're being honest about it you say hey i'm not good at first person shooter games but yeah. i enjoyed this game because it's blah 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 or what well, as long as they're being honest about it i think yeah. that's what journalists need to be is just be honest rather than being focused on trying to put themselves over as being good and that's a bigger issue right is dishonesty in journalism we had um uh, a guy for ign who had completely oh, yeah. ripped off the entire, yeah, he, his entire review dude, dude he he fucked me over too um, yeah i remember you telling me the story <laughs> yeah like literally so so for those who don't know i think he's what was his name uh uh Fli- philip mission so basically yeah. and this is my instance where uh i got the nintendo uh the hori real arcade pro 5 uh, arcade yeah. stick and i'm i i have you can see in the background i have arcade sticks like i have at least 15 six because i play a lot of fighting games so i know the yeah. ins and outs of like the the components so i wrote up my review and i did the video i put it out he asked me what uh because he knew that i you know because i ran in that circle him player essence all, all the uh screen wave folks I ran that circle at the time. I don't now. Fuck them. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> that's a whole so, other podcast. It's a whole other one. But um, like he asked me for specifics because he's never he didn't know how to use a stick. He didn't know anything about it. Yeah. So, you know, I I sent him my video. You know, I told him this, this, and that. And then the next thing I know, he puts out a video. The next day after I released mine with the same talking points. Yeah. The same talking points. Other Nintendo Switch reviews that I did, the same talking points. He reached out to me. And it's like, 
you know, but and when I was trying to come forward about that, you know, mm-hmm. all these people in that group were like, "Oh, don't say anything, don't rock the boat, don't say anything." And then when he did it to Boomstick, and then it just opened up the floodgates. So I'm over here like, yeah. "Damn, I should have said something. I could have had like a hundred thousand." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that was one of the things that happened though, is he ended up getting a heap of support by being ripped off by somebody, which was awesome. Yeah, but um, look, and I, I don't want to burn IGN because um. Look, it wasn't IGN's fault that they yeah. had a writer that was doing that. I mean, look, they've got so many writers. How are they supposed to cross-check every single article that's put on their website, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a tough position that they were put into. But, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> to answer the question, I don't think they need to be uh, good at games. and I don't think it's hurting the industry. What's hurting the industry is dishonesty. Yeah. yeah. There's another question. That okay. I want to bring up that uh, somebody it. said was uh, since you had to deal with that crazy instance, the one with the dude with the dildo, mm-hmm. um, have you had more or less difficulty matching influences with brands and how do I go about pairing the two? And I think that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there is something that I think us as a gaming influencer or gaming marketing company, we have over a any other marketing company because mm-hmm. we focus so pinpoint on the gaming industry mm-hmm. we have uh personal relationships with all these influences it's not a this is just someone i reach out to when i need them mm-hmm. um it's people that i know them i've been friends with them for a while or i've had at least a relationship with this person for a while i know their mm-hmm. content i know what sort of personality they've got i know their sense of humor i know any um uh scandals they may have had and mm-hmm. so in that instance i knew that and did warn the um client about them that person beforehand so when that that scandal came up Mm. it wasn't even a scandal it ended up being nothing but when that came up um i had the ability to say hey look Mm -hmm. remember i did tell you that this was a person's personality was like this um it's not a big deal we'll get them to delete the tweet or have a chat to them Mm -hmm. um and when it comes to other brands and stuff, we do take into account things like what that person is going to be like. And sometimes if we are working with them, one thing I did learn from that is uh, sometimes you've got to have a discussion with the influencer to say, hey, can you tone it down for the next two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I did have that discussion beforehand with him. I know the next year we brought him over for the same event for exactly the same client. Mm-hmm. And... So, look, it ended up being nothing because I ended up working with the same client again. But um, when I brought them over, I was like, right, we're bringing you over on this date. So keep your nose clean, please. <laughs> <laughs> but you're always making sure that um, the person is right for the brand. They genuinely are using that product or genuinely, genuinely are excited by that product. Uh, you don't want to pair it with somebody who doesn't give a shit about the brand. Mm-hmm. Um or wouldn't be naturally using that brand. We're do it, currently doing a campaign at the moment where uh, we've got influencers playing a particular game. They're not gaming influencers, though. So what we had to look for was people who had, it would be believable that they're playing that game, right? So mm-hmm. we've got, com- like I said, comedians. We've got a UFC fighter. We've got um, 
what's the other interest oh a musician um yeah a, a well-known um musician on this campaign and they're yeah. all people that genuinely play this game in their free time they've tweeted about playing it in the past so the fact that they're now promoting that game is not a shock yeah it, does, it feels natural so you do need to make sure that it, that's genuine as well like i said about journalism need to be honest it's the same in the marketing side of things it needs to be genuine and honest as well yeah uh sheree says am i saying her name right sheree Carice. Carice. okay yeah so, so she says uh what if those negative tweets are reasonable complaints uh okay so if it's a reasonable complaint I, as an influencer, if you've got a brand deal, mm -hmm. there is a right way and a wrong way to do this. So, okay. and I've got instances where this has happened as well. Uh, it's where basically, if you've got a problem with the product or the company that uh, you have a deal with, that you've been working with, mm -hmm. go down the right avenues. You go to the community manager, you go to the PR company that you're dealing with, or if you're dealing with someone directly at the company, deal with that person. You try and get that problem solved whatever way possible behind the scenes, because it might be a one-off issue, right? Mm -hmm. um, or it might be something where they've made a decision off screen. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, not off screen, where the company's made a decision that you don't believe is a positive one. Mm -hmm. I think deal with that with the company uh, and try and deal with it offline mm -hmm. if you can't i would totally understand why you then talk about it um sometimes there's situations where a company might have done something dodgy where it's going to have an impact that you've previously worked with them so it might be the right thing to say hey just letting you know i don't agree with what this company's done i have decided to no longer work with that company mm -hmm. right but the thing is, I think that's uh, you, you're going the right way about it because you are not being rude about the company. You're publicly acknowledging that you're no longer dealing with them. Mm -hmm. It's just making sure it's all right. Okay. There's, there's a right way and a wrong way of doing it. You don't want to burn any bridges at the same time, right? And not only that, but you know, to add on to what you're saying, and we said this on our last podcast that we did you know, months ago, the industry is huge. But very small with mm. the people who are the movers and shakers and the gatekeepers. So you don't want to burn bridges because X person that you burn a bridge with could know this person who will say something here. And then they'll be like, hmm, I don't know if I'm going to work with you. And you go somewhere else and they're going to be like, yeah, I heard about this, this and this and this. It's exactly right. We <laughs> talk to each other yeah we we do we, we we are friends with each other um i'm friends with people that are competitors of mine right yeah um as well so we do discuss people at times and and, and it's not a situation where we're trying to shit on people as well it is yeah. more of a we're trying to look after our the industry and sort of say hey this person what you need to know is they've done this, this, and this, just to make sure that you know you don't your friends don't get themselves in trouble as well. Yeah. Uh, Chip says a question. He said, "Where do you stand with mobile gaming, especially with companies steering away from being microtransaction heavy and yep. more towards story gameplay engagement?" That's a good right, one. Mobile mobile gaming is totally gaming. Anybody who says mobile gaming is not gaming needs to check themselves, right? Because, uh, honestly, gaming is gaming. It doesn't matter whether you're playing Candy Crush on a mobile phone and if you're having fun playing that game, awesome. 
more power to you. Uh, if someone's a console player, they're a gamer. If someone's a PC gamer, they're a gamer. If someone's mm-hmm. playing car, you know, tabletop games, they're a gamer. Gaming is so broad. So yeah. um, on that side of it, I don't know if this is where he's wanting to go with this, but I'm just wanting to get that out there. Gamers are gamers. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the the transaction side of things, I think this is where the likes of um, Epic have done a brilliant job of changing the way microtransactions are done. Right. So mm-hmm. Fortnite has taught the industry that you can give away a game for free have everybody on the same entry yeah. level, right? So everybody, whether you have put in uh, $100 into skins or you've put $0 into skins, it does not affect how well your character plays. What affects how well you play is you as a player. Yeah. Right? Um, and they're making millions out of just selling stupid skins, right? Yeah. Selling skins and making brand deals and who would have ever thought that you'd see a video game promoting a new video game, like watching Fortnite advertise um, Borderlands Yeah, was amazing. Yeah. Right. Never would have thought that would happen in a million years that you'd see a new game being advertised in another game, Um, especially a game that's not owned by the same company. Yeah. Apart from the fact that 2K released Borderlands on the Epic store, there is no other brand. There's no other business relationship. Like they're mm-hmm. not the same company, right? So, um, uh, I, th- I think there's a right way of doing it. I think loot boxes are concerning at times. Uh, I think as adults, we know what we're spending our money on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As adults, we make a decision if we're going to put money into a slot machine. We know that there's a chance that we're not going to get any money back out of that. Yeah. But it's when it's kids involved that it is concerning. Right, you yeah. wouldn't give you wouldn't give your kid a hundred dollars and send them into a, a casino. Yeah, because you know that that hundred dollars is not coming back, and you know that kid's going to be heartbroken when they don't get what they want. Yeah. So loot boxes can be concerning. Um, I think it's being addressed, which is good though. Yeah, and and you remember the marketing for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order? They said no loot box. That was hilarious. I look. I loved that game. Yes, that game was super that good. Game. It was. I, I love that that showed that EA can make single player games. Yeah, which you get the entire game at launch, and you yeah they they can make a great single player game. Yeah. Uh, I love that game. Um, I don't. I don't think they got microtransactions in the game, have they? No, none, none I, at all. Yeah, I was game shocked. Made back. Yeah. That was actually my game of the year last year because it came out. I was not expecting it to be that good. Genuinely in Australia, it won uh, IGN game of the year over here at the IGN Select Awards. Wow. And everyone thought Borderlands was going to get that. Wow. Um, So I have actually have a question. So um, this is from like, I guess from a branding marketing perspective. So Uh, as you know, my wife and I, we both are content creators. Um, we rarely, I don't think we've ever really collabed except for maybe once or twice, but Mm -hmm. we're effectively, our brands are separate, but Mm -hmm. 
some, you know, some people in majority of people in the industry know that, you know, we're together. So yeah. I guess my question is, is it good business wise to keep our two brands separate from one another or some, is it, we should just merge them into one collective. This is a good question because uh, we've had this discussion about a couple here in Australia actually recently about this. I I, I think it's different. Um, it's a different situation when it comes to different couples as well. Mm -hmm. This one, um, because you've got different dynamics as well. I personally think that if it's working for you guys being separate and doing mm -hmm. your own thing and collaborating when necessary and stuff like that it's working for you but if it also if you think that there's a benefit of collaborating and mm -hmm. being bringing your brands together bring your brands together but look if it's already working why change it yeah there are situations where you see uh uh, couples, content creators who have built their entire careers separately where mm. they start streaming on each other's channels at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think in that case, sometimes it's the wrong move. Uh, like if it, it, it can come across to the public wrong where, especially if one of the content creators, uh, sorry, one of the content no, no. creators has, has more numbers, right? It mm -hmm. looks like you're purely better promote yourself on that other person's stream so you got to think about public perception i think as well mm -hmm. um but that can also be a good thing too yeah yeah you are seen to be supporting each other um yeah whatever works look honestly there's no there's no formula that works for everybody on that sort of situation um okay I know my, my wife and i when we were doing twitch together we did it together but okay. we're very publicly everybody knows we're together right yeah <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Devil under Nero had a question. He said, "Is the industry starting to shift slowly back to single-player games from all the multiplayer-only games?" I don't think so. Personally, I don't think so. I think uh, you'll probably see some more single-player multi games coming out because I think it's just got to a point where there has been a drought of good single-player games. Mm -hmm. Um. I think the multiplayer thing's sort of going to evolve a bit. Uh, so uh, going back to Fallout 76, watching the evolution of that game is interesting where it's going from, they tried PvP. Mm. And the Fallout community just wasn't interested in PvP. You know, when they tr put everybody in um, to exactly the same map, they had people helping each other, wanting to help each other. And it's just mm -hmm. because that community is... Uh, just a lot more positive mm -hmm. so that game's now evolving into with the launch of wastelanders it's going to be a multiplayer story driven game mm. more like a fallout game would be mm. but it's multiplayer you know you're all in the same map you're able to engage with each other and stuff like that but you're also able to go off and do missions by yourself as well um so i think we're going to see an evolution of how multiplayer games are done mm -hmm. But I don't think you'll see the end of multiplayer. Multiplayer is so good, cool for uh, people to be able to hang out with each other, hang out with their friends and stuff. We've got my wife and I have got a really good friend who lives in New York, and we spent a lot of time playing um, the Fallout seventy six Battle Royale together because we could sit in there and talk shit and play with them. All right, mm -hmm. I've got friends who they play Call of Duty with their friends on a Friday night together, and it's the only time they really hang out because we're all adults now, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so multiplayer has a will always have a place. 
but I think um, if anything, uh, Jedi Fallen Order has proven that there's still a hunger there for good single player games. Okay. Mm. And Chip's question, he says, do you think it's good marketing for a company to release demos of their big projects in order to build up fan hype or should they stick to the same regimen that's been going on for years with no demo? Uh, depends on the game. There's no right or wrong way, I don't think. Um, uh, see, uh, Final Fantasy just released a demo of um, the new remake. Yes. And I think that was the best move they could have done because their players have been waiting so long. So they've yeah. given them something, right? They've given them a taste. Um, I think demos are cool, personally. Mm-hmm. Like I, Back in the day, I used to purely only read... Mirror's demo yeah. disc. <laughs> the only reason I bought PlayStation Magazine, or even right. going back even going back even further, I had a um, Mega CD or a Sega CD, mm-hmm. um, and I used to buy the Sega magazines to get the discs yeah. so I could play try these games out, and that worked for me. So I think demos do work, but there's other games where I think uh, having a demo experience can because you you don't want to give away too much. It can yeah. ruin the game. Like, could you imagine if they gave you a demo of um, a Death Stranding? Yeah. Uh, I think Death Stranding as a demo would have been a boring game because you wouldn't yeah. have wanted to give too much of that away. But if you only gave us the mechanics to play with, it would have been a boring demo. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it does come down to the right game uh, at the right time. Uh, whether you're needing to give players a taste because it's going to take you another six months to get the game released. I think a game like Doom probably could have done with a demo. Yeah. Because it was delayed for so long. So it's like give give people a time-restricted level or something. Yeah. Just to give people a taste. Uh, but th- then you get PT, right? Yeah. Uh, and look, I'm a massive Silent Hill fan, so PT is like my biggest heartbreak of games. Look, to the point of <laughs> I love Silent Hill. <laughs> um, and PT was completely re-envisioning how a demo works. Yeah. Like, what they gave us as a playable teaser was nothing like what the game was going to be. The entire thing was a tease of a game that wasn't even announced. Yeah. So very unique, very Kojima. Um, and the fact that that game never came out is still my biggest heartbreak in this industry. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Spirit Jockey says, if you've collabed with a content creator previously and their current behavior is toxic and damaging to their own brand, did you remove videos or other things where you have worked together? I have no power over that is the answer to that. <laughs> so, if, look, if, I, if I've worked with a YouTuber, uh, or YouTube is probably the ideal one because most Twitch VODs disappear after a few months. So mm-hmm. if I've worked with a YouTuber, they've done some videos for me in the past and it's on their account, I have I can't get them to remove it. I could yeah. potentially ask them to, but look, I don't need to as well. I, don't, I think usually that sort of situation happens later. Yeah. It's not necessarily going to be damaging to the brand. I mean, that's a situation where I'd go, look, I'm not going to work with them right now. They've got some drama going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, in that situation, it's the sort of case. I have had a situation where somebody's had, we've had content on a brand's account and mm-hmm. that person has had a public scandal and then we have removed 
their content from the brand's accounts. So that mm-hmm. has happened. That was a very unique situation, though. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'm not even going to go into details on that one, but it was a very unique situation where disassociating the brand as much as possible with that person was the right thing to do. Yeah, I actually had a situation like that uh, with one of the people I interviewed. Uh, actually, two people I've interviewed previously. Um, but one was a photographer for the fight game community. Okay. And they got into... Uh, bit of a scandal with uh and i think it's still going on it may be in litigation now but there was you know assumptions that the person had done some things with some of the female members of the fgc and when i found out about it i'm like okay this has to get off of my stuff yep and just disassociate <laughs> and then they reached out to me they're like oh man so you're siding with them i'm like no i'm protecting my brand exactly you're not uh, it is a situation where you have to do the right thing for your brand or in my situation it's i've got to do the right thing for my client it's yeah. not because i've taken a side necessarily in this case i totally took a side because yeah. this person was proven 100 percent guilty of what they did yeah um but yeah. yeah it's 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 and it's not always personal sometimes it is purely business so uh one i know i have a question for you as well like what are your thoughts on because i, I you know as you made this announcement public uh monday um you know i signed with full screen yes so a lot of people i've gotten two reactions from that yeah so i i i'll give you my reaction that i had i saw that tweet and i was like i don't see the point (laughs) go for it go for it no that was literally my thing and uh, i i've dealt with people before that have been with um uh, mcns before I've mm-hmm. seen multi-channel networks destroy careers, mm-hmm. but I've also seen people flourish under uh, multi-channel networks as well. Okay. Um, but I just personally, I don't see the point in being in a multi-channel network. That's my okay. own thing. Um, but I mean, hey, if, it may work out for you because, like I said, it has, does work out for some people. Um, the machinima, machinima was one where I've seen people ripped off i've seen them get no benefit out of it i've seen people lose revenue um just last year we all saw what went down with um game theory and uh smosh and all those guys mm-hmm. um when they all lost like smosh completely lost their channel they lost yeah. their entire thing right um because that multi-channel network just went under and it was run poorly yeah yeah, and Smosh, Smosh with a worst case example out of that. Uh, whereas uh, at least um, Game Theory were able to uh, continue because they still owned their brand. Mm-hmm. They lost millions of dollars or potential millions of dollars, but um, they still owned their brand. So they were lucky to be able to uh, continue through that. Um, and they're still, from what I understand, they're still taking um, that multi-channel network to court. So there are pros and cons. It depends. Look, at least you're with full screen, right? Yeah. Full screen have been around for a long time. From what I understand, they're pretty good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and I've heard nothing negative about full screen. <laughs> no, and, and that was the whole thing too, because I've been approached by many other, you know, MCN. They're owned by Disney, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah so literally the only scandal I know of from full screen is PewDiePie. <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't them that was totally on him yeah 
and, uh, and that's the thing is like um i you know i've been approached over you know the last couple of years by mcns and yeah you know when i look for the you know i ask them for the details because you know with yes dealing with anything you know it's especially when it comes to business you need to look at fine print you need to see what is the payout how much are people you know how much are the are the mcn going to take versus what you're going to get where the benefits where the upsides and they're the only ones where when i looked at what they were offering and what they're giving it's well what they're offering and what i get out of it and what they get out of it i'm like okay this doesn't look too bad like it it seems good and i've had extensive talks with them over the last um several weeks and then uh, it just came to a point where i was like yeah you know i'll sign i'll try it out at a two-year yeah. contract yep. and it's like um one of the things that i like about them is whatever i have going into it, i had before going into it and while i'm with them i get to keep so yep. i've seen many other mcns where you sign with them they own everything everything yeah i've, I've seen ones that take up to 25% of revenue. Yeah. Yeah, giving nothing back. Yeah. Um that's concerning. If that I I don't know what deal you've signed, so um I don't want to talk shit on them. No, dude, go for it. But uh, I mean, like I said, I have seen where they've taken they've taken a massive revenue cut out of their YouTubers because that's how they make money, right? Yeah. Um and they're not bringing brand deals, they're not bringing um any opportunities that yeah. they sort of have used as their lead in to bring people in. So if it works out, like I hope it does work out for you. No, no, no. I hope it I, does because I have, I have seen it work out and I've also seen it not work out. <laughs> no, no. I, and, and, and that's why, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like I've, I've gotten two different responses for it. Some people are yeah. like, you know, oh, that's awesome. And then I've gotten some from other content creators are like, you know, they're just going to rip you off and this, this, and this. And then when I would be like, okay, so why do you feel that way? And a lot of the content creators that I've spoken to that have a negative opinion about MCNs have no personal experience with it themselves. And they're just going off of things from, oh, well, this happened with this MCN. I'm like, okay, so what was the situation? I'm the type mm. of person where I'm like, I need details. I need yep. to see what it is versus a generalization and a lot of people don't, you know, I see like a lot of creators don't really mm. understand a lot of the business aspect, just in yeah. creating as a whole. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like Machinima is a good example of, I don't think anybody really saw what happened with them happening. Mm. Um, so I mean, they, they had issues back in the day where content creators were just not getting paid, yeah. but uh, they did get through that and they became a better MCN. Uh, but then when Warner Media bought them, I don't mm -hmm. think anyone ever saw the day where Warner Media would have bought Machinima. And then the big one being when they shut down yeah. the entire account, like they killed Machinima. You yeah. go to Machinima.com, I mean, Machinima on YouTube now, I, I think it comes up with nothing or i think it might actually divert straight over to um uh funhouse's old account mm -hmm. because what they did was they said well we own rooster teeth and now we own machinima why have we got two and they moved it all over yeah 
moved it all over to uh, Rooster Teeth, which was the finance one that was being run well and was making money. So it made more sense for them to do that. Like, I understand the business side from uh, Warner's point of view. Yeah. But it sucks for those people that were assigned to that MCN. They, they were just like, well, shit, they're gone. Now what? Other cool thing with my deal, and I yeah. can publicly talk about this, is if I want to work with brands or whatever, whatever I want, I basically I get a lot of benefits and mm. no subtractions. So, so if you you can still make personal brand deals and they don't get a cut. Yes, that's awesome. Right, yes. so that that's a that's a positive. Um, they're not locking you out from your own opportunities, which I have heard of other MCMs doing that, where it's like if you get approached by a brand, you have to let us know, and we do the negotiating for you. It's the same with esports teams. Um, I don't know if this is the same way esports teams work in the US, but mm-hmm. um, over here, their content creators will sometimes sign a deal with an esports team where they become a content creator for that esports team, and every deal that you approach them with going forward you have to deal with that esports team mm-hmm. and it's because that esports team at times will take a cut of the deal mm-hmm. um, or they just want sometimes they're a good esports team and they're just like we just want to negotiate the best deal possible for our content creator which is mm-hmm. exactly what they should be doing um uh, but it can go both ways as well right sometimes i, I do think that sometimes esports teams are the wrong place for a content a twitch streamer or whatever to go to Mm-hmm. because a lot of the times the esports team is purely getting uh, content creators because they want more numbers on their marketing decks to put towards brands. They say, like, oh, you work with us, you get our esports team and this game, this game, and this game, you get our na- your name on our jersey, plus we've got all these Twitch streamers who have 20, 30, 40,000 followers, and they'll put your brand on their um, Twitch stream. And then that streamer is actually making no money out of that deal. They might be getting a free keyboard or whatever, but so those deals are the ones that I think don't make sense. Yeah. Unless for up and coming streamers, not a bad deal. Yeah. You can't, up and coming streamers can totally benefit from being with a esports team because they will get, it's a two way street then, right? So you're getting the benefit of being associated to a bigger brand that, uh, Brand is in getting the benefit of being associated, having more outlets to be able to put their sponsorship mm. out. So it goes both ways. Yeah. Um, one of the other questions I want to ask you uh, in regards to. Oh, crap. I had a... it, it went away. Question come back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate that? Yeah. You go, off, like... you go off on a tangent. And this is the problem when we chat, Mikhail, is we start talking and then we always go off on a tangent and end up talking about something completely different. Right? <laughs> um, oh, God, what was I going to say? Um, oh, come back. You're right there. Come back. Content creators, YouTube, esports. Oh, yes. Yes, there. Okay. So um, I'm going to actually touch on something you and I, we had talked about the last episode. And for anyone who's watching or listening or, you know, if you're going to watch this, when it's uploaded again, uh, there's a con- uh, uh, a topic that Fid and I were talking about, and it was about you know content creators, especially on YouTube, that have a content channel, a streaming channel, and yeah. how it should just be all under one roof. So yeah. I, for the last uh, since you and I talked, yeah, 
uh maybe i think a little bit before that but more so now i've been going very heavy into this everything is there my podcast everything's on your one channel yes and between streaming which has helped my channel grow tremendously um i want to say within the last uh month i jumped like five six hundred subscribers just by Mm. streaming um occasional collaborate You've been doing your Resident Evil streams and stuff like that, right? Yeah, which, you know, what's so funny is the whole Resident Evil thing started off with uh, a guy popping up saying, hey, I, I, I dare you to stream the series. I'm like, well, I don't own all the games. He's like, well, boom, here's a $100 stream, a $100 donation. Here's another $100 donation. Go yeah. and buy the games right now. And it literally went from I don't really want to play them to now I'm obsessed with it. And it's yeah. like... It's growing and growing and growing, but having everything from my reviews, streams, podcasts, everything in one place, my channel is growing and growing and growing. Yeah, I mean, I always get the views like this. Sometimes I'm looking, I'm like, damn, I wish I got more views, but I'm building a community. I got a really good community on Discord, a good community that shows up on the streams. Typically, it's more than this, but it's late here where I'm at. But it's like constantly having everything together, being consistent it's really helped my brand overall. I'm over here like, you know, some people are like, man, you got to have these numbers. I'm like, dude, I'm 11,000 subscribers, but I'm having Kiefer Sutherland on. I had David Hayter. Hmm. I had, you know, like I'm, I'm pulling people. So like numbers, they're important. They're not the be all end all. Yeah, exactly. Right. And uh, I think the interesting thing of this is um, I've actually seen recently, um, like, like I said, I'm, while I work in the gaming industry, I've got other interests as well. And I've got this thing where I love history and facts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. One of my favorite content creators uh, is, um, have you seen Today I Found Out? It's a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So he is notorious for having multiple channels. So he's got, today I found out, he's got biographics, he's got geographics, he's got uh, business blaze, he's got a whole bunch of different YouTube channels. And I think he's probably up to like eight different channels, all of them serving a completely different purpose. For him, it seems to be working though, right? Mm -hmm. But in saying that, he's also a very big personality on YouTube. It probably works for him in that situation. But it's the... I, I still don't understand why he can't have all of that under the one roof. Yeah. Like have multiple shows that go out under that same roof. Um, it's like spreading yourself thin. Exactly. Right. Doing that. Yeah. And I mean, like you just said, you can do everything. You can have your vlogs, you can have your uh, gaming content, your podcasting content, your live streaming content, all under that one brand and just put all those eggs into that one basket. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand when people go and do a collaboration with somebody else and start a second channel. Yeah. Because you're creating something new. Yeah. But when it's all you, why separate it? It's a big yeah. YouTuber over here in Australia who is massive on The Sims. Um, he's got Sims Supply. Um, awesome dude, uh, James Turner. Mm-hmm. And then he's got a separate account, which is James Turner. Mm-hmm. And he's separated his purely because... His first brand is very brand specific. It's just The Sims, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's got a second one, which is vlogging, other games he plays, and things like that. So I understand why he has separated. 
mm-hmm. first I did question him about it. I said, why, why are you bothering with two channels? And he, he actually explained to me, look, this is very brand specific. This is mm-hmm. my Sims stuff. It will only be my Sims stuff. That's it. Everything else will be on the other channel. He's managed to grow both quite massively. Hmm. Okay. So I think there, there, there's occasions when it does work, but there's other occasions where why bother? Why, why are you wasting your energy? I think for your channel, your channel very much works in the way that you're doing it currently, having everything on, under one roof. Another thing I've been experimenting with, especially like this right here with doing live stream podcasts, I've noticed get like really, really, really good feedback because, you know, it, it gives the audience a one-on-one interaction with not only myself, but also with my guests. And it's something that you know someone i forgot who suggested it but i just decided you know what i'm gonna run with it and so far like every time i've done it it's really really helped and some people have suggested like oh you should you know stream on twitch or facebook gaming or on mixer and i'm like i've kind of built up an audience here and i don't do it bro build up the audience to the point where it's mixer offer you that big money deal right. <laughs> that's when you go to mixer yeah it's like i i just don't feel like jump jumping to another platform just to have to start all over yeah and look and it doesn't always work especially if you're not a big name like your ninjas and stuff like that yeah um crossing from one platform to the other i've seen it before where youtubers have tried to cross over to twitch and they've had like thirty thousand subscribers on youtube and think hey if i pull half that's awesome they never pull half yeah yeah they are starting from scratch because a youtube audience is not the same as a twitch audience they have a different mentality they have a different culture um it's a completely different platform people are comfortable where they are um they've become accustomed to using that platform um yeah it's like i i use personally i don't watch a hell of a lot of live stuff on youtube that's just not my live streaming platform of choice mm-hmm. um twitch however i don't watch any vods on twitch never do mm-hmm. right so i've mentally personally gone these are two different things for two different purposes facebook i think is interesting with their facebook gaming they're capturing another completely different audience than youtube and twitch is um to if i was going to make a direct comparison you know facebook are very much going for that twitch audience live gaming but the audiences are very different twitch is your hardcore gaming audience it's they want games they are the same people that will watch twitch religiously every Mm -hmm. single day every week or at least a couple of days a week whereas with facebook what you're getting is your average joe Mm -hmm. guy that guy or girl that never watches twitch they never have watched twitch they're probably never going to really cross over to twitch they watch youtube for vods and you're able to then capture your casual gamer over on facebook which is mm-hmm. i think is a whole different market and one that people need to start looking and taking seriously i think facebook gaming is a very serious platform for a different audience yeah as a marketer, I see that as very exciting because you're able to get your um, your casual audience, which are the people that get home on a Friday and play games with their mates. Um, they don't give a shit about esports. They are generally the ones that uh, spend more money on games as well because they're the ones that um, they, they go to your EB Games or your GameSpot or what? Do you, what? Do you, what's your gaming store over there? Oh, GameStop. GameStop, yeah, right. They're the ones that shop in those sort of locations. They don't 
generally download. So it's a completely different audience. Yeah. So as a marketer, I'm seeing that very exciting that I'm able to get different messages across to different audiences yeah. for one game or one product. Uh, Chips has a question. He says, do you ever help content creators find the best deals with uh, MCN if that creator ever want to go that route? Uh, not actively. So I don't generally deal with MCNs directly. Um, same with esports teams. But what I do have is content creators will come to me and say, hey, I've got this offer. Could you take a look through this contract for me? Mm-hmm. So it's more down that route. Um, or people just come and ask for advice. Uh, I've recently had a Twitch streamer who she got a really good offer from an esports team and she just didn't know what to charge them. Mm-hmm. They were willing to pay her a monthly salary to be under their brand and she just had no idea what she was worth. So wow. we sort of came up with it. We came up with a calculation that worked for her because there's no uniform calculation, right? This is a big thing about the gaming industry as well is you only know how much you your last payment was how much mm. your last deal was um somebody with ten thousand followers might get paid a thousand dollars for a brand deal this month mm-hmm. and somebody with the same amount of followers might have managed to negotiate more last month so they want that same again so it, it becomes it, there's zero uniform uh, no there's no uniform sort of pricing structure or anything at the moment so what we did was we sat down and, neg- and looked at how much she sort of needs to do what she does um if she was doing a day job for that same amount of hours what would she be getting paid um so basically sort of looking at that how much your bills cost what does it cost you to pay for her internet new power mm-hmm. a month sort of seeing how we can sort of come up with a costing there and she ended up coming up with a really great deal so nice. I have done that, but it's not something I actively do because it's not my um, it's not my specialty okay. is negotiating a contract, but I do know a <laughs> shitty contract when I'm seeing one. And I've seen a lot of shitty contracts. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hmm. Um, uh, one of the other questions I have for you is like, as far as like uh, content creators and social media, what is the effective way to utilize uh, say like, Twitter and Instagram and even LinkedIn, which I think a lot of creators are not realizing LinkedIn is actually very pivotal right now. Yeah. Uh, and TikTok. But, yes. Yes. That's the other one, man. If you're a great personality, if you've got an uh, entertaining personality, get on TikTok. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I have seen people uh, explode on yeah. other platforms like i said earlier people who aren't you know people aren't able to bring their following from youtube over to twitch i have mm-hmm. seen the opposite happen with tiktok um one of our content creators uh is she's a twitch streamer um and she started using tiktok because we did a brand deal with a record company for her so she did mm-hmm. this thing on tiktok then she sort of just started consistently uploading on there and got to the point where she blew up on tiktok mm-hmm became verified um, and she put stuff out almost daily now. And then last week, uh, because she was blowing up last week on TikTok, we were literally watching her YouTube on Social Blade. You know how you can do the live follow account? Mm-hmm. We had it up on screen in the office and we were watching her YouTube account going up 100 subscribers by the hour. And it was because her because she was blowing up so fast on TikTok 
she oh. had a he had a percentage of those people wanting mm -hmm. to see more of her content because her content is um so this content creator her name is nazy mm -hmm. n-a-s yeah n-a-y-s-y mm. check her out she's amazing she does uh vr content um and basically because you're so restricted on tiktok to how long the video is mm -hmm. people were going well shit, she's so fucking good at um beat saber i want to see her do an entire song to do that you had to go over to youtube so people were crossing over to see more of her content mm. so i don't know if this is answering your question social can definitely benefit your um your main hustle right uh twitter super important uh as a brand i don't want to work with someone who only streams or only uh does youtube if you're not on twitter instagram as a minimum i'm probably not going to work with you because i need the message of that product you're working with to go as far as possible mm -hmm. and your 200 concurrent viewers is not enough yeah um but your 200 concurrent viewers plus your 1000 views you got on twitch or twitter sorry and your x amount of whatever on instagram all combines up and i can then go that was a good value for money me giving you that money to do that thing on twitch and it can be just a beautiful photo of you with the product or saying that you're about to go live or whatever or a, an instagram story or whatever yeah it doesn't take much to put effort into that extra social either. But um, that's where I think going right back to our discussion we had about politics earlier, mm -hmm. that's where you need to be careful as well, right? So you don't want to alienate your viewers by having strong opinions on everything. Yeah. 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 But in saying that, if you have a strong opinion on something and you're passionate about it. Yeah. yeah. Be you. So LinkedIn, School, yeah. uh, g give us a lesson on that. Like how critical is LinkedIn right now? <sighs> okay, so LinkedIn is critical on the business side of things. Me, myself, as somebody who works on the business side of the industry, I have made connections which have turned out to be opportunities to have clients and stuff. Hmm. I think as a content creator, though, uh can be different not everybody gets linkedin right so yeah um linkedin is majority very corporate commercial people i don't think you always need to have your content be ridiculously commercial though um be it is a place where you can still be yourself yeah but it has to be a bit more polished yeah yeah so if you're a podcaster put your podcast on there link to it on there so hey i've just done this great podcast with blah 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 because you're then exposing your content to professional people that may want to work with you later um yeah. but it's definitely not that place where you have that personal opinion on everything yeah yeah i would say if you're if you're looking at getting into linkedin look at what your contemporaries are doing on there yeah but it is, it is a place where you can very much take inspiration from every what everybody else is doing okay yeah hmm. all right it's not it's not, a, it's not a bad platform to be on it's not something that you must be on though it's a, it's it's more of a platform for your personal business which that that's definitely 
what I'll say about that. It's I'm not going to make a brand deal with you to do content on LinkedIn, unless you've got an amazing presence on LinkedIn already. There mm-hmm. might be an interesting opportunity to do something there. But yeah. currently it's more for, I think, for your personal business and your personal growth and making connections. So I know for, my, for myself, um, you know, aside from Scienton MCN and thankfully having the ability to negotiate brand deals outside of it, which mm. I'm so glad. I, I was super shrewd about that because every time they came to me with an offer, I'm like, no, I yeah. want this. Yeah. Uh, what about it? No, I'm I'm not budging. And I got what I yeah. wanted. Yep. Um so for me, one of the things like I'm I'm trying to do more so of, because you know, I do work with the industry a lot. I'm trying to get to a point where when it's an event, you know, like case in point E3, like I said, like right now I mean I'd be going to E3 because the company I went with last year is not going. Yep. So now I'm like well, crap! It's gonna cost a lot to get a pass, flight, hotel. But I know there are some companies hey, that cover. You, you can get. You should be able to get a pass for free. You should be able to get an industry pass. We'll talk offline about this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's a way you can get a pass for free as as a content creator. Oh. So, and, and, um, cause I know some, some, you know, when I was talking to Adam Corr, like I know he was telling me like, Oh, like he goes to E3 every year and, you know, either Ubisoft or some other companies will just send yeah. him and they give like hotels and yeah. they're like, they'll book a whole floor of a hotel and then they pay yeah. for flights and all that. And I'm over here like, man, I would love that. I put in a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I I just don't know how does that work? Like, how do you approach that? Yeah, so that's an interesting one. So from our point of view, mm-hmm. we gen we we uh, we do get approached by people saying, Hey, if this brand's interested in sending me, just let them know that I am king. Mm-hmm. And look, we will keep them in mind sometimes if it's the right content creator for the right brand. But generally the situation is we will sit down with our brand that we're working with and they'll say, look, we're doing E3 this year or we're doing whatever event in LA during E3. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to bring over X amount of influencers. Who's the right person? And we will sit down and plan that out with them. And then we approach the influencer. Okay. That's generally how it's done. Um, I've had occasions as a content creator myself though, where I have reached out to a brand and said, Hey, we're already going over to E3 or planning to go over to E3. Uh, any chance we could get some support from you guys? And they've said, yes, we will chip in and help pay for your flights or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But in return, they then expect you to, and you should expect this and you should definitely not shit on these companies that do support you. They expect you to go to their keynotes. They expect you to go and try out their games. They expect to get priority uh, Mm -hmm. when it comes to your social media coverage and stuff like that. And that's what you should be doing, right? A brand that's supporting you, you should be supporting them back. Yeah. So I, I, I always say to my influencers when I send them over to an event like that, I don't expect them to only talk about the brand that's sending them over, but I do expect them to have at least a 75% content being around that brand. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And try not to talk about a direct competitor. 
Yes, that's very true. Yeah, so I mean, if, if I don't know, let's say uh, PDP are sending you over to E3 to talk about their controllers, I wouldn't expect you to go and then talk to Narcon yeah. or talk to uh, Scuff or whoever, because that's a very direct competitor, right? Yeah. But go and talk to all the game companies and go talk to the console companies and stuff like that. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, see, I'm out of questions. Hey, I've got a question. For, I've got a question for you. Oh, this is a discussion discussion I've had at home. Okay. Is uh, when are we ca- catching up in Hawaii, brother? <laughs> when are you flying here? I yeah, literally we, said we, to the I, I said to the wife the other day. I said, "I go, oh, I'm uh, going to be on Mikhail's uh, podcast again. He wants me on." And she was like, "Oh, what's trying to say again?" Oh, the guy in Hawaii. You remember he said um, we. You know, go and stay with him and catch up. And she was like, when are we doing that? Yeah. <laughs> I got a room. Let's do I it. Got a, I got a house, dude. I told you last time. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. We, we were considering going to New York for Christmas this year because we've never had a white Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, we did consider that. Then we priced it up. Okay. And to go to New York was going to be ridiculous. So, hey, we've got to take our family on a holiday at some stage this year. Okay. We'll have, we'll have a chat. Be awesome to hang out. Yeah, man. Like I said, we got. You know, if you ever come out here, got a place to stay, and we are ri- literally in the center of everything. So yeah. Uh, our one. Uh, if you're in our living room at the kitchen, if you look out the window, we got our, our backyard is Diamond Head Crater, and then Waikiki is right there within like a two minute walk. Yeah. Well, no, five minutes, five, six minutes. And then down the street, we've got the, uh, there's a place called Leonard's Bakery, which is like the, it is always busy because everybody who comes to Hawaii goes there. It yeah. is literally a minute down the street. Like you walk down the street, boom, it's right there. Like I'm, we're, yeah. we're literally everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, uh, a good friend of mine's actually over there right now. Um, uh, she works for uh, AK. These guys, Ooh. AK Racing. She's she's currently over there on uh, holiday at the moment. So uh, I'm looking at her Instagram feed and going, "Oh, I got to do this." <laughs> That's one thing I need to do, man. I need to work with a game company chair because see, my wife gets she has Technosport, and yeah. I'm rocking this cheap. I got it from Office Depot chair. Yeah. <laughs> I've got so much back. I'm like, I don't even know how to approach it. Anyway, we, we can talk about yeah, that. Yeah, definitely, brother. <laughs> but uh, audience, if there's any questions you guys have, let us know. Uh, Spirit has one question. Pineapple on pizza, yay or nay? Hell no. I disagree um, with you, sir. Pineapple look, on dude. that pizza. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's named after your country as well, right? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, no, I am deadly against pineapple on pizza. It's not a thing. Deadly against it. No. No. Pineapple on pizza for the win. What I do love, though, is getting a pineapple, carving the guts out of it, filling it with ice cream, putting some more pineapple back on top and eating that. Mm. That is good, well, sir. We're gonna have to agree to disagree on that one, sir. <laughs> Look, we can't all be perfect, okay? 
Oh, man, is there anything you want to leave the audience with, uh, anything you're working with, and tell them where they can find you? Okay, um, look, I, I think I've probably talked about everything I've came to talk about, to be honest. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely, if you want to follow me, uh, you can check me out on literally everything on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I wouldn't bother following me on Twitch. I only ever use my personal Twitch to talk. But, yeah, Twitter and Instagram, uh, at FidMcAwesome. And uh, I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to find the links somewhere for that. In the description um, down below. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and also, uh, yeah, give uh, Go to Game a follow as well. Um, and that's at Go to Game on uh, Twitter, at Go to Dot Game on LinkedIn. And uh, check out the website as well, www.goto.game. And uh, with that being said, final question. You always know I have this special last question. Did Let's you go. have fun? I, I always have fun <laughs> talking to you, brother. The moment you asked me to come back, I was like, that was the best podcast I did last year. I would happily come back and do it again. And <laughs> the message is true. Let's do it again, bro. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Definitely, man. Definitely. Um, yeah, man. I, I remember I was like, I, after I put up that episode, I was like, Dude, you want to come back on? You're like, yes. Yes, a hundred percent I do. Let's do this. <laughs> oh man. And uh with that being said, people, you can catch this episode of the Casanova Podcast here on youtube.com slash Mikhail Casanova. Also available on every major podcasting outlet. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. You're looking all at them right now. Pandora. And you can support the podcast if you want. If you want, but I highly suggest if you enjoy my content, support it on Patreon because, you know, YouTube sometimes has some BS going on, but, you know, demonetization. What are your your Patreon benefits? Are they the same as your OnlyFans benefits? Oh, yeah. 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 Yes, people, I have an OnlyFans account, so, you know, go go and follow me over there. So, uh, yeah, people, you can catch it on every major outlet, uh, patreon.com. If you want to, you can support with as little as a dollar a month. Uh, if you're on YouTube, if you're supporting the content, the streams and everything there, hey, we've got you on memberships. And uh, with that being said, people, this is Mikkel and Fid. We are signing out. We hope you all have a good one. Make sure you go and follow on everything that Fid and GoToGame have. All the links are in the description below. And uh, with that being said, pineapple on pizza is a no. No, it's a yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, we'll agree to disagree on that. And with that being said, people, we will catch you on the next one. Hey, did you enjoy this episode of the Castanova Podcast? Well, I'm sure you did. And since you did and you're wondering where else you can find it, you can find it on every podcasting outlet. Yes, it includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Launchpad DM by Podcast One, and so much more. And the only thing I ask of you is if you truly enjoyed it, even if you didn't enjoy it, please leave a rating and tell us what you thought of it, what you like, what you didn't like, and everything in between. 
And also, if you're looking for video formats of this podcast and many more, you'll be able to find them on youtube.com slash Casanova as well as on twitch.tv slash Casanova and new episodes every single Monday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, that being said, this is Mikhail Casanova, Hawaii's favorite YouTuber. I am signing out. You guys have a great one.